Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glasser come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast plus also as well inside sports fantasy football the guys from the lakers fast break joe soro and the magic man they helped out chris sardieri and myself for this weekend in the nfl so check out their thoughts on the fantasy football scene and their thoughts on maybe some underdogs as well. So go ahead and check out what they have to say at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Our good friend, Joe Sorrell, hopefully he is on the way here. If not, he's probably working at Simblades, his company, Simblades with a Y.com. Plus also as well, you know, he's chatting it up always as Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com. Also as well, our good friend, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at Jamie Sweet. I'm trying to get those guys together for a Lakerholic spotlight again this weekend. So I'm looking forward to going ahead and making sure those guys go back and forth on that. Hopefully they'll talk about what was said maybe earlier today in the press conference for Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka, which we will cover on this show tomorrow. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Plus the LeBron James minicamp was last weekend in San Diego. We'll go ahead and cover that as well on the show on Friday, but go ahead and check out what they have to say at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends, Empire Jeff TV and John McCallion support their YouTube channels. And speaking of YouTube, please go ahead and click on the little Joe Sorrow on the right-hand corner on your screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, that way you're subscribed. And that way you go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers fast break podcast. Well, we continue our NBA observations and we're closing in on all 30 NBA teams. But you know, we have to go ahead before we finish all them out and actually do one on the current champions of the NBA, the Denver Nuggets, a team that we were just not quite good enough at that point in time, whether it was fatigued by LeBron and AD, whether it was the fact that we just didn't have just enough to go ahead and stop, of course, Murray on defense and, of course, Jokic out there. Be that as it may, a team that were 
not too far behind last season. Just well, well, got an average of six points in that that playoff series is what we were down to. So you could say it's a sweep. You could say it was a domination. I say it was a close game in pretty much three of those four games. But here today to go ahead and discuss the future this season for the Denver Nuggets is a good man indeed who's actually been on the show previously. And I welcome him back. Truly cannot thank him enough for spending some time with us today. He will preview the Nuggets season. It is the one of the hosts of the Play Caller Sports Talk Show. He also takes care of you on NFL Matchup Madness, NFC Beast Podcast, and also the Eagles Elite Podcast. So you know he loves his NFL as well. It is cool, McCain, and cool. Great to have you here. You know, obviously, you got to go ahead and put that in. That's fine. Uh, I think Mac, Magic Man is probably going to buy a green screen so he can put 18, excuse me, 17 world championships behind him next time around. I'm just kidding when I say that, but cool. Great to have you here, my friend, and just uh, thankful that you're going ahead and just letting us know your thoughts on the season ahead for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, Hey, we waited a long time to get here, man. And, you know, people have yes. told me, hey, act like you've been there before. We haven't, so I don't have to act like I've been there before. So, no, no, enjoy it. You know what? Enjoy <laughs> it because we would have, we did the same thing. And, and you know, with that, that partial 2021, 2021 season, we were enjoying the fact that we were the world champions for a brief amount of time. We had to hear about the bubble this, bubble that, bubble this, and we still hear it today. So enjoy it while you can. You have a great team as far as, what you brought out there, you know, you guys it played well, you guys played hard and uh, you did deserve to win and uh, all props to you for that. But my first question before I hand it over to magic man, I will ask you this. The repeat is always the toughest thing to do for a team. You had a team that was uh, for the most part healthy. You had Murray coming back for his injury, worked through his injury all season long, looks to be in, in even better shape here. But you also have a missing component in Bruce Brown and a very, I should say, uh, suspect bench at this point in time. Do you have concerns in regards to a possible repeat for this upcoming season? Well, I love the narrative that we have a suspect bench. Uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people need to realize is Christian Brown is there. Christian Brown is a second-year player who really you know, kind of took off in the playoffs later part of the season, became kind of pushed his way into the rotation, pushed uh, Bones Highland out of the daggone team because he took his minutes because he played better on the de defensive side of the ball. There's other guys that, you know, people aren't talking about that are now part of the organization and part of the team. A guy like Justin Holiday, right? You say, oh, Justin Holiday, yes, one of Drew Holiday's brothers. These Holiday guys, they play defense, they take the shots that's given to them. He's fine with playing a bench role. He's going to come in if he gets the opportunity and he's going to play well. Right, you look at um, Colin Gillespie, a rookie that we got coming in. Reggie Jackson came back to the team. Peyton Watson looked really good um, in the offseason. So there's a lot of other guys, guys like Zeke Najee, Ken Carr, Vlado Ken Carr, who had some minutes last year. So there's there's a lot of guys there. I think that Reggie Brown gets a lot more. No, excuse me, not Reggie Brown. I think that um, – Reggie Jackson? Uh, Reggie Jackson, yeah. I mean, not Reggie Jackson, but uh, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown gets a lot of – uh, the praise for the bench. And I'm not saying that he wasn't a big part of it. I'm not one of those people that once a guy leaves, oh, he didn't help us win. But there are other guys. It will take more than one guy to do what he did because then no one else has that much versatility. But he's not worth the money that the Pacers are paying. I'm sorry. Like, he he had a great season with us as a, as a uh, bench player. The Pacers overpaid him. If we match that, 
we would have been the, the clowns of the offseason. So there's no way we were going to do that. Appreciate him helping us win a championship. He was a part of it. Uh, he'll get his ring, you know, when everybody else gets theirs and, you know, nothing but love to him. I don't blame you. Go get the bag. But you know that with that bag comes a whole lot of responsibilities that you weren't able to do anywhere outside of Denver off the bench. So just saying. Um, I do believe that, you know, we're going to get more out of Michael Porter Jr. I think as he gets another year removed from the injuries and he becomes comfortable, if he can stay healthy, which he did last year for the most part, he's going to be comfortable playing. We're going to get a little bit more out of him. You know, obviously Aaron Gordon has shown us that he can be him and um, Michael Porter Jr. together are basically the third guy. Uh, they take turns having really great games or being a big part of the, of the team. Michael Porter Jr., if his three is on, he's, he's an important part of those games. He's learned to play some defense and actually go inside sometimes and use his, what, 7-2 arm span to get rebounds and, and, and get putbacks with a shot. Glad it finally clicked for him. Um, of course, Contavious Caldwell Pope is still there. We lost a couple of vets off the bench, but we still got some guys. And now most of this team has, you know, championship experience. So it's going to be a, a tough fight. A lot of teams have gotten better. You know, we didn't get too much better, but we improved depth. I don't feel like we need to get better, but we needed more depth that we could actually use. And I think we have that. Uh, injuries aside, I think we have a good chance of repeating. But, you know, I won't sit here and say, oh, there's no way that anybody can stop the Nuggets. You know, Phoenix just kind of, Oh man, they just kind of got a whole new bench mm -hmm. <laughs> via the uh, Damian Lillard trade. I think Milwaukee honestly got worse because I think you lost the guy. I think Phoenix got worse, in my opinion. I think that you know Nurkic to Aiton is a step down personally, and then uh, I don't know how much uh, Sean's favorite player is going to be able to help them as far as uh, the, you know that that is concerned. And then I, I really don't know what benefits they got from the trade that will help them with Grayson Allen and and uh, everybody else that was involved in that trade it's just just seems to me like that trade was them more getting rid of DeAndre Ayton for pennies on the dollar as opposed to what they should have waited or should have tried to do it was try to play him because you had a coach in Frank Vogel but this is not a sun show this is your show this is a, the, about the Denver Nuggets and I know about all the the Phoenix Suns the Milwaukee Bucks they're all trying to get the hype train right now going for their teams. And I, I've seen the odds and all that. But when it comes down to it, you know, everybody, including the Lakers, has to go ahead and beat the champs in order to become the champs. This is very true. This is very true. Ric Flair said, to, to be the, the man, man, you got to beat the man. Yes. Woo! But I hope these other teams keep all the hype, right? I want everyone else to have the hype. I want us to run under the radar. Hey, we're the champs, but hey. Mm -hmm. Denver just won because whatever BS reasons you have, give everybody else the, the spotlights and the highlights. That's fine. That's how we work best. So keep it up. Thank you, media. I, I also act oh, wait, also here today. Good man indeed. It is the madman from Toronto. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, you may now continue. My apologies. I just want to make sure you get your fabulous intro as always. <laughs> Appreciate it, Gerald. Yeah, I jumped the gun there a little bit. I'm just no uh... worries, my friend. Very enthusiastic to to talk with Cool. He's a he's a great guy. So actually, Cool, I I disagree with a lot of the media. I thought Calvin Booth actually had a pretty good off season. They made that sneaky little trade with the Pacers after they won the title and acquired an extra first round. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Going, so, yeah. So like losing Kankar was tough. The, him tearing up his knee with Slovenia that was a tough blow. But I. I 
I'm I agree with cool. I I actually Gerald, I think the media is kind of mid their depth. Uh I really liked uh, their draft. They mm-hmm. got Julian Schrother from Gerald's next to the woods. Pickett looks like he's gonna be a pretty good little player. It might take a year or or so of uh seasoning cool, but he looks like he's gonna be a pretty good player as well. And uh, I love that kid they picked up in Clemson. Um I Hunter thought Tyson. He, Yes. Hunter Tyson, yeah. Yes. Uh, I watched a lot of ACC games, and he is a clutch shooter. He shoots big shots. So I think that was kind of a sneaky little pick as well. Uh, so I think they'll figure out the depth one way or the other. And um, they still got – like I said, Calvin Booth still has that first-round pick in his back pocket just in case you want to – you got money to blow and you need a, you need something – He's got it. He's got uh, something in the war chest. So I actually like their offseason. Yeah. Well, tell us yeah. a little bit more about that as far as some of the additions, uh, who you think will be a good addition to the team that can play and contribute right away. Cool. Well, um, you know, Hunter Tyson, of course, you know, no question about it. Situationally, he'll be really good. My question for him will always be defensively. Um He's a guy that you can hide if you have him on the court with the right lineup. He's not horrible at defense, but he wasn't great at defense at college, and obviously we're talking about the next level. So I definitely think he's a a piece. He's one of those good 3 and D guys at the power forward position who shoots uh, really well. You know, he can handle the ball. He seems to be a good decision maker from what I've seen from him so far. So very excited about him. Um, I briefly talked about earlier Justin Holiday. He's I believe he's going to be a big piece because – he understands the bench role. He's been around. He's been on several different teams. He's not a guy that ruffles the waters. He just kind of goes out and does what he needs to do, plays well. Um, obviously, I'm expecting a big year from Christian Brown to kind of step up into that role that he's going to need to play for us. We're going to need a backup point guard. So we've got Colin Gillespie and Reggie Jackson. One of those guys is going to have to take the reins. I believe it's going to be Reggie Jackson. I don't know why he didn't play more last year, but he definitely is going to need to get some time. Uh, Jay Huff. Uh, guy we got later on, he's going to be important now with the situation with Cancar, right? Because we're going to need another big body that can actually get in, absorb minutes, and uh, give breaks to one. Should be three-time MVP, but to me was robbed. But it's okay because uh, now everybody can stop crying that a guy who never shows up in the playoffs is the most valuable player in the league because he's got his award, and he can stop crying about it now. Uh, but Jokic needs, you know, backups. Obviously, Zeke Nazi's there. DeAndre Jordan actually can do a couple of minutes. And what you want is multiple people, in my opinion, that can take some of that off of Jokic as far as minutes so that you can hit different looks. I think last year it was Jokic. It was one backup. Maybe you saw Najee a little bit. You want to have two or three guys that you can kind of throw in so that you can vers- you can uh, kind of switch up the lineup to be more versatile. Um, if you're having a night where you're having a big guy that's kind of going off, you want to have a more physical defensive guy like a uh, – DeAndre Jordan in. If you've got a guy that's more like a shooter, you can have guys like Zeke Naji can get in and get some minutes. You know, um, Hunter Tyson can get in and get some minutes. You know, you do different things. We had some, sometimes we play Aaron Gordon at power forward last year, even center in small lineups. So just the versatility piece for me is going to be big. And some of these guys just, you know, stepping up their game a little bit, accepting more minutes and being ready to play when you're called upon. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's Cool McCain. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he does each and every time out at the Play Caller Sports Talk Show, plus his NFL shows that he does, including Matchup Madness, the NFC Beast podcast, and also Eagles Elite. Go ahead and check out all those great shows wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to ask you again, uh, when it comes to what Kurt is asking in the chat, a little bit more about Christian Braun, because I understand that you didn't want to... Well, first of all, I don't think the team could have overpaid to that extent on Bruce Brown. I think they had a limit on how much they could spend. But even if that's the case, they didn't want to spend, obviously, $23 million, or was it 23 or $25 million for Bruce Brown in that in yet first year for Indiana? I know it's a very front-loaded type of contract that Indiana signed him to for obvious reasons to pry him away from Denver. But when it comes to it, Christian Brown has got to be the guy that's going to be stepping up because he's going to be the main guy off the bench. You really think that he can go ahead and become that individual that can step up and do just that after we saw glimpses of productivity, glimpses of where he came in the clutch, and glimpses of what we could see going forward with him in the future? Well, that's the thing. We're not going to ask him to do it alone. Yeah, he's going to have times where he does it, but we're not going to ask him to do it alone. That's why we went out and got guys like, you know, again, Hunter Tyson, you know, Strother, uh, the Magic Man spoke about, you know, Peyton Watson, you know, uh, Jalen Pickett. We went out and got these guys because we want other guys that can do some of those things. You don't want to take that kind of production that you were getting and expect one guy to do all those things. Uh, that was kind of something that just happens every once in a while. It's not something that you can really reproduce. That's something that kind of, he just fell into our lap because nobody really wanted him because they didn't know how to use him. And I think you're going to have the same problem again. They're not going to really know how to use him, right? Because we had him playing at power forward, small forward, shooting guard. He was a big point guard at times for us. He was able to guard other guards, make it difficult for them with his size. These are a lot of things, and these are not things that Christian Brown is going to be able to duplicate right away. We're not going to ask him to do all those things this year. But what we do want Christian Brown to do is come out and make the big shots and not be scared of the moment. Not worry about the fact that you're a second-year player and that people are now going to be more focused on you because, number one, the guy that was in front of you is gone. And number two, you're more in the limelight now after the playoffs that you had. Just come out, play smart basketball, do what's asked of you, uh, listen, learn, develop behind guys who are there to help you be better, and just play your game. We're not asking you to be Bruce Brown 2.0. We're asking you to be Christian Brown. So I asked Magic Man, you want to go ahead and have more questions for for Cool? Because 
I know I have some in regards to the ability to repeat because that's always one of the toughest things to do in sports. But go ahead, my friend. Any more questions for Cool, my? Yeah, you know something cool. There's uh, a lot of mysteries in life, and and one of them in the NBA for me has always been: it doesn't matter what a team does when you got an MVP, a generational talent. It's just really hard to win those minutes when they're off the floor. And we've seen it with Nikola Jokic now. We've seen it with LeBron. We've seen it with Giannis. seen it with Steph. Like, it's just something about these guys. When they get off the floor, the other team just can't can't manage. I, I like the depth that Denver has. So what do you what else do you think that they need to do to uh, try to limit the uh, the probability that you're pro- likely going to lose the Jokic minutes when he's sitting on the pine. Well, you have to be very strategic in when you take him off the court. One of the things you don't want to do is you don't want to have a lot of minutes where you have him and Jamal Murray off the court unless Reggie Jackson really steps up. So you want to be able to have a guy where you can spell Jamal Murray at one point bring him back in, and then take Jokic out and put maybe the small lineup with Gordon in, add, um, you know, a guy like Holiday or Tyson maybe comes in and gets some of those minutes. Maybe Brown gets some of those minutes. You just right. have to work kind of, around kind, it. Yeah. Right, kind of like what the Lakers had to do with AD and LeBron. You got to stagger mm-hmm. those minutes. Yep. You got to stagger and then make sure that the guys who are playing play well together. So you have to look in and say, what's the best four guys for me to put around Jamal Murray if Nicole Jokic is not one of them? If that's not, you know, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon can sit too. You know, if that's not, you know, Michael Porter Jr., then he can sit, right? You just have to kind of look at that and say, okay, now for this phase of the game, it's going to be Jamal Murray's team for this five, 10 minutes or whatever. So who does he play the best with outside of Jokic? And that's the guys that you're going to have to get in, even if those are guys that only get those five or 10 minutes a game. That's what we're going to have to do a better job of this year. And I was critical of Mike Malone for that last year because I felt like, there were times where we didn't put the best lineup in. We just said we're going to take Jokic out and then put X amount of X person in, not realizing how that affects everyone else. Jokic is basically your backup point guard, you know, your uh, shooting guard, and your center all in one when he's on the floor. So you have to make sure that you're putting in the right pieces to do the things that he does, and that's not one player again. It's not going to be one player, but the right group in so that that doesn't affect how they play. Once again, it is Cool McCain. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he does today at Play Caller Sports Talk. Also saw Matchup Madness, NFC Beast, and Eagles Elite Podcasts. Go ahead and check them out today wherever you get your podcasts. Cool, when it comes to repeating, again, it's the hardest thing to do in sports, in my opinion. Obviously, trying to go ahead and find that same success. Uh, A lot of that rides not only on Nikola Jokic himself, but also the starting five. I think this, this group, this team relies more on its starting five than any other team in the NBA. So health has got to be a key. I think that when it comes down to it, you know, you're depending a lot on Murray. Uh, You know, hopefully he's all the way back. It looks like he's all the way back. Looks like he's in great shape now. Michael Porter Jr., you got to hope that now that he's he's got those back issues behind him. And Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon has played so well. He upped his game and found a new role better than he ever did in Orlando. He found what he needed to do. He fit right into what you guys did offensively and defensively. 
you know, trying to find that, that again, that magic again is going to be very difficult, especially on a health consideration, because again, you had all five of those players relatively healthy for the entire season. You know, are you expecting that to happen one more time? I think it can. What we, what we saw last year was strategically guys, you know, sitting out a couple of games. So we did load manage just not to the level some other teams did, but we realized, you know, a guy like Jamal Murray, if it's a back-to-back game, you don't need to play both of those games. You know, there were a couple of games where Jokic sat out. You know, there were games where uh, Michael Porter Jr. didn't play. They did a good job of saying, you know, the guys who have had some injury history, let's try to limit the amount of minutes that they're playing, and also let's try to limit the amount of games that they're playing. Uh, one thing I want to touch on is Aaron Gordon over the two years that Murray and Porter were hurt was the second best player on the Denver Nuggets. And his growth is because he had those opportunities. He was able to get more minutes. He was able to say, okay, I feel like Orlando, you know, Aaron Gordon, almost the fact that the ball's coming to me. And you even saw it in our championship run. There are a lot of times where Aaron Gordon made big plays. There are a lot of times where he made big shots where he had big games as well. So he understands that he has that freedom in Denver. Hey, if you feel like you can pull it, you can pull it, pull a three minutes. If you miss it, make up for it. He's great on the defensive end. This is a guy who can guard point guards through centers. This guy can guard any position. You can put him on a guy like LeBron James. You can put him on a guy like Kevin Durant. You can put him on, you know, you name a star and he can guard him. And I'm not saying he's going to shut them down where they're not going to get any points. You don't shut stars down. You just limit the points that they get when you guard them. And he's a guy that can do that for uh, a versatile amount of players in the league. He's a very versatile defender as well. So that's another piece of his game that I feel like is, is very underrated. And that's why um, I know it's not our team. You know, I know it's not my team, whatever, but that's why I think Milwaukee's going to really miss Drew Holiday. He was that type of guy. And you let him, you removed him to get a guy that's going to be better offensively, but it's going to give you nothing near the same defensively. So if you're going to make that move, and I'll tie it back to Denver, then you have to be able to say, okay, if I'm going to make this move and put this guy in who only plays one side of the ball, I've got to turn around and do the same thing for the other side of the ball. And to answer Kurt's question about Murray not being healthy enough to play. So being healthy enough is relative. Nikola Jokic didn't play because he wasn't healthy enough. You know why he wasn't healthy enough? Because he's worn down from winning the championship. And, being and he also final, needed to like go ahead and tend to his horses as well. You know, that, that yeah, takes a lot like, out of yeah. a guy. Yeah, you want to go run around and play with your horses too. So you know, <laughs> Enjoy the spoils like, of victory. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to be smart. You want to say, hey, you know what? It's better for me. We're not, we're, you know, FIBA championships. This is not going to win us a world championship as far as, you know, in, in, in um, Olympic basketball. This wasn't an Olympic game, right? Mm-hmm. This was the world championship. This is FIBA. Look at the American team. Let's be honest. Two-thirds of that team probably should not have been on that team. And that's why they I, I would say more, but, you know. That, I'm being that nice here. There's that. a couple of guys. There's a couple of guys that could have been on the bench, right? So (laughs) the thing is, you have to understand you have a long, grueling NBA season. You just won a championship or you just competed for a championship or you just made it deep in the playoffs. Do I go and play football for another month? Do I practice? Do I put my body through more? Or do I take this time off and say, hey, honestly, I'm not 100%. And since I have expectations of playing at the highest level, professional basketball in America, and being good and trying to repeat, I'm going to give my body time to heal. I'm going to take this summer off. So that's what a lot of those guys did for the American team, 
for the Canadian team, for other countries as well. If I remember correctly, I don't think Giannis played either. So a lot of these guys from different countries say, you know what, man, I'm taking this time off. And that's the right move to make. I'll tell you what, though, great conversation indeed. Truly appreciate the time that you're taking to speak to us. Cool. Magic Man, got any more Denver stuff for us as far as the questions are concerned, my friend? Uh, yeah, and Gerald, uh, cool, cool hit the nail on the head there with uh, the, the rest situation. Yeah, you, when you're being a highly paid employee, you know, I understand con- country first when you're called upon, but when that check comes through with the direct deposit, you have to have your priorities in order. Uh, so that's, you know, Rui withdrew for the same reason, Gerald, he, you know. I'm not saying I blame them. You know, this is the World Cup, and it, it is not the highest of priorities to the players, and I, I get that. So I understand Absolutely. that. I yeah. know Joe's contention that basically anyone from anywhere can play on any country's team with the right and certain uh, things. I think I get his point <laughs> on that as far as, you know, yeah. uh, and you saw that too, Cole. You know exactly what we're talking about. He yeah, had like three. A, Three uh three generations back, my ancestor was in Jamaica, so I'm gonna play for Jamaica. Yeah, the exactly. Vein, the veins exactly. popping out of Joe Joe's head when he starts <laughs> yeah. talking about that. Yes, exactly. That's our that's one of our fellow hosts. Yeah, exactly. My brothers, <laughs> sisters, cousins, aunts, neighbor was uh you know from whatever country, and then you can automatically from Lagos, play yeah. Them. So uh, so exactly. I can represent Nigeria. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Proud to do so. So if that's the case. You know, that that just makes it a little bit different. I can understand his reasoning why he was so upset at that. But when it comes to the FIBA World Cup, it's just that the big players don't take it seriously enough. And I can understand why, because, you you know, you've got, for instance, Austin Reeves, who's coming off that. Then he just got off the LeBron mini camp. And now he's got maybe just a week of rest before training camp. That's a lot of work for even a 25 year old. So you're going to see next year when everybody's going to be balling out because they've got the playoffs and they've got the Olympics and then they got another season right after it. That's going to be not too fun. I'm sure, you know, going back to back to back like that. So, so getting back to obviously repeating as champions, again, it's a long road ahead for, for every team out there. Again, you saw the trade yesterday as we're talking about this with Damian Lillard, my friend, you know, they're trying to load up in Milwaukee and people are saying one way or the other, whether they got better or they got worse. I heard your guys' opinions on that. You're also talking about what Boston did with Porzingis and trying to go ahead and, and load up on the big guys, you know, right there for as far as for a back line that maybe can compete as well in the, you know, Eastern Conference overall, but also as well for an NBA Finals. And then you got the Western Conference, which is just a murderous row of teams. Like you can go... With quality teams, I think you can go nine deep, I would probably say, seven to nine deep, and you probably run into, you know, some really teams that, you know, if things break the right way, can have a really strong season. Are you worried at all as far as the Western Conference is concerned? Because the Western Conference is really not as cut as dry at East. East just looks like a two-team race. Maybe if you throw in Cleveland, if everything breaks out right, they'll be a good regular season team once again. But the West, Western Conference, my friend, looks like it's really going to be tough this season for the Nuggets, for the Lakers, and for any team in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, I think, to me, honestly, the biggest threat is New Orleans with a healthy and focused Zion Williamson. And I've seen videos of him working out, and he seems to really be putting in the work, uh, trying to get in a little bit better shape. Um, he's leaving his um, 
extra releases and um, workouts alone and focusing on basketball. So with those things happening, I think uh, that New Orleans team, you have people forget before he got hurt, New Orleans was right there. And at one point in the season, we're ahead of Denver. You know, they failed once he got hurt. Once he got hurt, the wheels came off. I mean, they still won games, don't get me wrong, but they were no longer like a contender for a championship. And it shows you how injuries, you know, can make a big effect. So yeah. they're they're definitely a threat. Phoenix uh, obviously is going to be a threat. And I mean, I know you may not feel like the additions that they got were good, but they were good for what they needed. They needed bench guys. DeAndre Ayton had to go because he didn't want to play for the team. No matter who the coach was, he just quit. And he quit every year, and they should never have re-signed him. So being able to get out from under that contract, they should be elated. If they got back a bag of peanuts and a, and a um, buttercream cookie, they should be happy. Because, I mean, they never well, should the only thing is just that contract. Phoenix just does not have enough assets outside of that to overcome making a, a lopsided trade. That's when I say that, that that's the, you know, if I'm a Phoenix Suns, you know, in fact, Magic Man was on one of the premier Phoenix shows, uh, what is it, last week or, or just a few days ago, I'm sorry. And I was checked back after the Dame trade and they are livid because of how bad that they perceive this trade went for them. So it's not just coming from me as a Lakers fan. No, I'm just trying to see it. I'm trying to see objectively. And, and I just see that, that again, that Denver's job or the Lakers job or whoever's at the top of the Western Conference may have gotten a little bit easier because of how much pressure you could put on them in a certain fashion because you do you expect Nurkic to hold up do you expect Nur- Nurkic's defense to be just as good uh, you know these are things that have been in question for him for quite some time oh, I agree he's been injured but what what people have to realize about DeAndre Ayton is he quit on Phoenix right he was not a threat in a series against us he was not a threat last year against us this guy quit on that organization you don't want a guy, and if you're a Phoenix fan, you see this, you don't want a guy on your team to quit on your organization multiple times. That's addition by subtraction. You could put me and Gerald in there and tie Gerald on my shoulders and me on Gerald's shoulders and let us play, and we'll play better because we want to be out there. DeAndre Aiden needed to go. I would not want DeAndre Aiden to ever come to Denver because he quits on teams, and I don't want a quitter on my team. So getting rid of that guy, even though you didn't get back equal value, you got back more because now you have a team that's going to play hard together. Do you have to go out and figure out a way to get another big for when the inevitable Nurkic injury happens? Absolutely. But you have depth on the bench, and depth on the bench is one of the most important things in the league, and you now have some of that. I like the I like the like, inevitable comment that you said that the inevitable yeah, Nurkic injury. Yeah. yeah, it's inevitable. It just depends on how long it's going to be, but it's inevitable. Death taxes and <laughs> Nurkic getting injured. Yeah, Nurkic is one of those guys. He definitely gets banged up from year to year. But I think when he plays, and it's going to be better for him too because he's not going to ask to be to do as much here. You've got guys that can shoot the ball, the lights out all day, right? So you're not going to have to do a lot. You're going to be able to focus on just playing your position defensively, rebounding. There may be some times, like if you're playing with the second unit, that you might get a little bit more offensive responsibility. But when you're out there with a starting lineup, you don't have to worry about the ball, right? You could just look for rebounds every once in a while just so people might back off of those shooters a little bit, uh, getting the ball. But, yeah, I think he's going to be fine in this situation. I think he's going to ha- not be asked to do as much. He's not going to play as many minutes because they'll find someone to be the other uh, power forward center kind of guy that can play both of those and help out. So I think he'll be fine, uh, but he definitely will miss some games, whether that's the injury or them say, hey, we need to load manage this guy because we need him, you know, throughout the season. But 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a valid concern. I'm not saying it's not a valid concern, but I'm saying if you look at it from a basketball standpoint, getting rid of a cancer in your locker room is important. And DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix was a cancer because he quit on the team. He had attitudes with the players, coaches, and everybody. Once again, it is Kuma McCain. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he does today at the Real Play Callers right there on YouTube. Search and Destroy, our awesome one of our awesome moderators doing a great job of posting that right there Appreciate on the search. for you. Absolutely. Please check out all the great work on all the great NFL shows that he does as well. Magic Man, uh, have you got any more thoughts before we get into the Lakers and his overall thoughts on the season up ahead for the Denver Nuggets? Well, uh, well, you know, cool. Uh, I live in the city of Toronto, and so uh, nice, not that, nice. not that uh, few years removed from their championship. So I saw all my family and friends just excited about that. Uh, I have a friend who's a diehard Eagles fan, so I saw a bunch of Eagles fans celebrate a championship they never ever thought they'd they'd live to see. <laughs> so you gotta live it up. I agree. I agree. From a Lakers fan, I and really, like you said, from all twenty nine other fan bases, I mean, you gotta live it up. There's only one at the end of the year. You only win. There's only one team that wins the last game. And there's one team that loses the last game, and Denver yeah. won. You get the you get the spoils of victory, brother. And you know, but like I remember when Nick Saban, uh, they were they were asking him after his second championship in Alabama. He said, "There's just something about being the hunted than the hunter. It's a different mindset." Yeah. And he they asked him for an explanation. He said, "I don't have one for you." I think it's psychological, to be honest with you. So there's a, obviously a burning desire from from those guys to want to repeat, and that that can go a long way. Like sometimes, like guts is enough. So I think even if depth may be an issue, like you said, they still got they still got the belief in themselves, and they proved it. So you you can never knock that out of them. Yeah, and um, I just want to say, Magic Man, all of the people that you know that are Eagles fans are automatically good people. <laughs> That's just how it works. <laughs> and Philly fans are the are some of the nicest fans that are out there, especially when you go to live games, especially if you have Eagles fans, as you say. You know, if you're Santa Claus, absolutely, you're just totally well, safe when you go in that type of environment. I mean, I'm completely a 1,000% safe when I go to Eagles games. I get treated great. I got some, somebody brought me some fries. You know what I'm saying? Somebody was like, "Hey man, there's like two beers left. Um, you want a beer?" I was like, "Well, I'm not drinking or whatever." So they bought me a they bought me a soda. You know, somebody else bought me a cotton candy. So I mean, Eagles fans treat me great. I mean, so I can only live off my experiences. Now it might have something to do with the fact that I was covering Eagles gear from head to toe, but <laughs> that's really neither here nor there. I'm just saying, Eagles fans can be nice. They're very nice to me. Like all over the city of Philadelphia when I visit, I get treated great. <laughs> I was uh I was a uh, in in another life I was a, a security guard cool and um I was talking to uh, a businessman from the city of Philadelphia and he told me that in downtown Philadelphia there's something called the lawn chairs. Mm -hmm. When the lawn chairs are out on the street, you do not park your car in between those lawn chairs or it's Correct. a fight. It's Correct. a fight. 
That's when I I couldn't believe it until I saw it. Me and my friend walking down the street, the lawn chairs. So <laughs> they would hurt. They would hurt. It they is hurt. The city of brotherly love when you're wearing the right colors, Gerald. Hey, this if you're true. a brother, it's brotherly love. Now, if you're an outsider, you're the enemy. I mean, well, let me ask you this though. You know, Kobe, who's so much a part of our culture in the Lakers world, it was emanated from there and at one mm-hmm. time he after he you know then it came out of high school started playing for the lakers he was pretty much persona non grata in the philadelphia area after a while for a little while but obviously like the rest of the world you know they've come to embrace him and love him you know talk about that relationship a little bit as far as kobe's concerned because again it wasn't always the greatest you know between him and philadelphia so the thing is, if you're a Philadelphia fan, like I'm, I'm obviously not, but a lot of people are like the whole city fans. So they're Flyers fans, they're Phillies fans, they're Sixers fans, they're Eagles fans, they're Philadelphia Union fans, they're, uh, you know, Penn State fans, they're, you know, small corner uh, Philadelphia State University fans, whatever, like anything about Philadelphia they're fans of. So for those people, the fact that Kobe was killing the 76ers with the Lakers, there were a lot of problems. They did not appreciate that, right? So there was, you know, some some static during that time frame. But once Kobe kind of, you know, lined it down as an NBA player and he was no longer destroying the 76ers, you know, relationship repaired itself pretty easily. Because okay. he's, a, he's an Eagles fan. So yeah. Eagles fans like me, I'm not a, you know, 76ers fan, so I never had a problem with Kobe. He liked the Eagles. Really great player, you know. I feel like I should have had more of a problem with him than them because I'm a Nuggets fan. He killed us for years too. But I think that's what happened. Those a lot of those people are city fans. So if you're on a team from another city and you're killing the home team, oh, we got a problem with you. We gotta have a problem with you. That's that's just how it goes. Well, Magic uh, had some great conversation. Just awesome uh, conversation right here again with Cool McCain. Truly appreciate it. Uh, any last questions for Cool on the Nuggets before we get to the Lakers, my friend? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Darvin Ham said that it ain't over, Cool. Between him and Mike Malone, it ain't over. But you know what? They swept us. So Mike Malone gets to sip on his cinnamon whiskey. Well, the only reason... Let me just interject to one second on this because he did talk a lot of smack, but... I don't remember Frank Vogel talking a lot of smack when we dominated them in the bubble in the conference finals. So I just, I'm just saying, you know, it's one conference finals to another. The difference was only, I think, one game because the Lakers, I think, won four games to one. So I'm just, I'm just puzzled at the why, you know, he found it so opportunistic to go. Maybe it was just the the hype and just the just the emotion from winning the first championship and all that. You're feeling yourself. You're feeling yourself. He doesn't know how to act. He's never been there before. So yeah. he's going to show out. He doesn't know how to act. Okay. All right. And well, Vogel was low-key anyways. He's a low-key kind of guy. He's not going to yeah. be rubbing it into the face, Malone was, face uh, anymore. I think he was a little lit when he was – a lot of that he was saying he was a little lit. And you got to remember, too, and this is the point that people forget. Going into the finals, what were people saying? Oh, this is not going to be a good finals because the Lakers lost. It's not going to be a good finals because the Celtics lost. And when you have more coverage on LeBron James and the Lakers than the team that's actually in the finals, and then that team wins, 
there's going to be some things said about that team. And, Dar- yeah, and Darvin Ham, hey, if you want to be a little emotional about it, I get it. The only thing you could do is come out and put and knock us out and go win a championship yourself. That's granted. That's a, that's an excellent, excellent point. That, that's an excellent way to say it. And, of course, you know, the Denver Nuggets, as for, absolutely. They had a, a little chip on their shoulder, and they absolutely, you know, deserved it because the fact is, you know, they – we're really going in as the Western conference uh, should have been going in and did in many circles as the Western conference favorites, they were number one in the Western conference. Uh, and, and still we're not getting the hype because the Lakers were coming on. And of course, you know, the media, you know, d- take the show aside, does favor the, you know, the New York and LA markets when they can, whenever they can, whenever they possibly can. And obviously with the story of the Lakers, because they know it earns more ratings, money, et cetera, et cetera, because that's just the way the NBA seems to work at times. So I get it. And and I can understand his emotion uh, on that very fact, but you know, I, I think just, again, you guys got to stay healthy, uh, especially your, your starting five. If you can do that, obviously yeah. a very good chance to repeat, uh, is in order for you guys. If not, there could be some, you know, like with all this, it's all based on health. I think a lot of it's going to be based on health, whether it's the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Suns, the the Bucks, or the, the Celtics, or anybody else for that matter. Really having a good season right now in the league, I think it's based on health. But where do you see the Nuggets finishing up this season? Do you see them with another repeat in order, my friend? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With a repeat, a difficult one. Don't get me wrong, not walking over people, not just, hey, whatever, but a difficult one. But, I mean, you look at it, you've got a lot of guys on reasonable contracts. Um, if some of these younger guys start to send and play better, some of these guys that, you know, are on our bench that may get an opportunity this year and play, you know, every year, you're the best team, you lose pieces. We got lucky that it was only really one major piece that we lost. I mean, if you want to count, um, what's his name that went to the Rockets? Uncle Jeff, Jeff, what, yeah, Jeff Green, Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff as a, a, a major piece. I wouldn't be upset with you either because he was a major piece off the bench as well. But again, guys were learning behind him. Guys were on the team. Guys were saying, you know what? Let me get a chance. But we win again, and I believe we are. We're going to see more people leaving, right? We're going to see a guy like Reggie Jackson go out and probably get a much better deal somewhere else. We're going to see other people uh, do things that are going to make you be like, man, I mean, and you can't match all these contracts. So you're going to lose some of those guys that might have came to us on small contracts, mid-level acceptance, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they have an opportunity to go out and get a, and get a nice payday. They're going to do it, and they should. You know, so I think this is the year to try to slide that other one in there because next couple of years, some decisions may have to be made on some people. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, please go ahead and support Cool McCain today on all of his great ventures out there, the Play Caller Sports Talk Show, all the NFL coverage that he provides with all of his great shows. Please go ahead and support him today on all of his great shows and wherever you find your podcasts. 
Sean, I'll have you start off the Laker questions, my friend, for cool and just talk about exactly what you think about what the Lakers uh, hopefully will be able to do in your opinion. But go ahead, my friend, with some Lakers questions for cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. You know, um, when the Lakers walked into that series with the, the Nuggets, they had jelly legs just from chasing around all those little guards and number 30 who's a, a legend in his own right. That doesn't take anything away from the mauling that happened in game one. Um, that score was a lot closer than what the game really was cool. And uh, my question to you is, when you look at the Lakers' front court all of a sudden now, uh, does your mind change at all that maybe these guys are a little bigger, uh, maybe a little bit more physical, and they could hang with us in the front court? Or do you think it was just kind of static? Oh, I'll say this, and I, you know, I said this on my play caller show um, as well. My thing is, when you're looking at Christian Wood, right, when you're looking at uh, Jackson Hayes, these are guys that are definitely going to help you, you know, even Atorian Prince. These are guys that are definitely going to help you. There's no, like, oh, you brought in more big bodies, so you're going to be worse. One of the Lakers' problems was, and this was throughout the season, uh, they didn't have enough big guys that could really play, right? Um, I felt like, I mean, I said this too, and my co-host is a Lakers fan, so talk Lakers a lot. I said that um, one of the things really was not having those bigs, right? Because you, you have to be able to play different lineups. You know, it's like I talked about with the Nuggets. If you're playing against a team that has bigs or has a lot of guys that like to dove the lane, attack the lane, put up shots to try to dominate the paint as guards, as, as, as uh, wing players, those bigs help you know, mitigate that. And the Lakers did not have that last year. So now they brought in guys who are big bodies, you know, guys that can block shots, guys that are going to alter those shots, guys that are going to make people have to play different. You're playing a team like uh, Philadelphia, you know, a team like uh, the Nuggets, you know, teams that have that real MVP all-star big. To a lesser example, in the regular season, um, I call him Hello Cat, but uh, Carl Anthony Towns, him and some others, right, those guys that are more of the big power forwards and centers, Giannis, different people. Those guys, you need bigs. You need to be able to throw two or three bodies at them, right? You need to be able to say, okay, you, I know you can't handle Giannis for 40 minutes, but you should be able to handle him for 10 to 15 minutes. You get 10 to 15 minutes with him. You get 10 minutes. AD gets some time with him. You now have that rotation. And we all know Anthony Davis does not want to play center. So now you have other guys that can play the center position so he can play that power forward position where he really wants to play. So you helped out your team by getting bigs. It's always good to get bigs. If they work, they do. If they don't, then you can get rid of them. And then you made it so um, I think your best player at this point, Anthony Davis, and that's not taking anything away from LeBron, but age is going to catch up to him at some point. So I think Anthony Davis is, the, is your best player right now, and you're allowing him to go to the position that he wants to play and feels more natural at. I'll tell you what, though, great conversation. Cool. You, you've knocked it out of the park, as always. Truly appreciate it every time you come back here. Before we head on out, where do you see the Lakers uh, and where they stand? Where do you see them as a challenger, as a rival? Where do you see them ending up in the Western Conference this season? So Lakers have LeBron James, right? The Lakers have Anthony Davis. You went and got some bigs. Uh, you got some shooting. You kept guys like Vanderbilt, who played well for you last year. I like Jalen hood Shafino, or your pick. I don't know if he'll be ready uh, initially, really played well for you guys. Uh, you went and got Gabe Vincent, 
big move, I think, because he's a guy that does everything, right? He came from nothing, basically. He wasn't even on the roster. Finally got a chance in Miami. He stretched and clawed, got himself in the rotation, did some great things for them. One of the reasons why they got to the championship, right? They didn't win it, but they got there. So you, you brought him in. So you did a good job of saying, hey, we're going to go out and get guys. You know, Cam Reddish, you brought him in. He's a guy that hasn't played well where he's been at yet. But at some point, we're going to see him explode, I believe. So I would say the Lakers are going to definitely be a top four team out west. Uh, they're definitely going to be a, a, a difficult challenger. I mean, for goodness sakes, with your cobbled together roster halfway through the year last year, you made it all the way to the to the uh, Western Conference Finals. I don't expect you to take a lot of steps back by getting better, as long as Darvin Ham can manage the minutes and keep everybody on the same page. I don't see where the Lakers wouldn't be a team that's contending for you know a championship and a bid in the NBA Finals from the Western Conference. There you go. Absolutely. Heard it from the man himself. Cool McCain always does a tremendous job on his own show, Real Play Callers. Please go ahead and check that out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Play Callers Sports Talk, NFL Matchup Madness, NFC Beast Podcast, and of course the Eagles Elite Podcast. You know he's an Eagles fan, so you know he's got to do a great Eagles show, and that's what he does. Absolutely follow all the great work today, but before we head on out, I mentioned just some of the places where you, they can find you. Talk about what you are doing, everything. And if I missed anything else, please, where people can find you, all the great stuff that you're doing, and all the things that you're looking forward to doing right now with the NFL and with sports in general. So um, a couple more things that you probably wouldn't have known about uh, because started some new shows. I just got this idea that, hey, let's just do more shows. Really? You've only got five going, so, you know. Yeah. I should talk. I have four myself. So, you know. So, yeah, now on Mondays, I'm doing a professional wrestling show called The Monarchs of Wrestling that comes on at 6.30 p.m. You can find that on at Real Play Callers uh, on YouTube. If you YouTube search, it's at Real Play Callers. Or I won't ask you a pro wrestling. I won't ask you a pro wrestling question because if I did, we'll be here for another five hours. So that's okay. Yes, we would. But uh, <laughs> so that's on uh, all you can find on playcallersportstalk.com forward slash live. Uh, Tuesdays, of course, um, the NFL matchup matches that you're talking about. It starts at uh, 9 p.m. We revamped things for this year. So for year two, uh, what we're doing is we're covering uh, the main games, and then we're having a poll that goes up on Saturday on the uh, Play Call Sports Talk Show uh, YouTube page in the community tab where you can vote. And then we're adding that matchup to it, but we're basically doing the Thursday night matchups, the game of the week that you guys pick, uh, the Monday night matchup and the Sunday night matchup. So we're doing those games live um, on Tuesday nights. And then what we're having is everyone sending their videos. We're uploading the videos as individual videos on the Play Callers uh, Sports Talk page so that you can still get the information from the other games. Then we're going to have certain weeks. We're going to have, uh, what is it, week eight, week 13, and week 18, where we're going to have everybody on from every team again. But the reason that we're doing that is, like I said, to give everybody an opportunity and to make not all the shows so long, because if we're talking every matchup every week, we, we're looking at three plus hours some weeks. So just to condense it, kind of make it something that people want to see as watchable that you can actually catch and kind of, you know, look at where just highlighting some of those games and then still giving everybody a chance to be interactive by saying, hey, you pick the game, we'll talk about it. Uh, Wednesday nights is when I do Eagles Elite. That's uh, youtube.com forward slash at Eagles Elite Podcast. It has its own page. Uh, we talk everything Philadelphia Eagles. We sometimes, you know, 
take a little jabs at other teams in the NFC uh, East. Uh, we also take jabs at teams who get uh, 70 burgers dropped on them, for sure. And um, just have a good time, have fun, man, talk about everything. Eagles. We have people come on from other teams that we're reaching out to and kind of building relationships with for the teams that we play and just having them come on and they get an honest chance to give their side of what they think is going to happen. We don't do the whole, oh, you, there's no way that's going to happen. You're crazy. We don't do it though. It's just, hey, you come on, you tell us what you think. We're going to tell you what we think. And then the games are going to happen and we're going to know who's right. And then we're going to come back to the next week and tell you that you were wrong and we were right. In most cases, sometimes we're wrong. It happens. So, um, well, I will okay. ask you this because this came up from our audience. Uh, sure. you know, and put on top three. I'm going to say, what is your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? So this is a difficult question because Mount Rushmore only gives you four spots. I need Mount Rushmore to increase to about six, seven, and then okay. I can be happy. But okay. for me, I cannot have a Mount Rushmore and not have The Rock, right? Like, okay. I can't. Some people may say, oh, he wasn't ever the best or whatever. I don't care. There's nobody on the microphone that electrified a crowd like The Rock. So The Rock has to be on your Mount Rushmore. You cannot have a Mount Rushmore and not have the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Styling and profiling the Nature Boy, he's got to be on there, right? So that leaves you two spots, and you've got like six contenders for two spots. So I'm going to have to put the Undertaker on mine, the streak, the longevity of his career. You've got to put the Undertaker, right? And then the fourth guy that you have to put is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that has to be my Mount Rushmore. Now, are there other guys I would like to put? Yeah, but I don't have enough spots. Fair enough, as is, absolutely. Now, great thoughts right there from Kuma McCain. Please go ahead and check him out on all those great ventures that he talked about, especially as well, like he said, with... <laughs> exactly. Even good Monarchs of Wrestling, the whole yeah. nine yards, absolutely go ahead and check it out today. Magic Man, any last thoughts, my friend, for cool before we head on out? Yeah, it was a great conversation, Cool. Uh, thank you for dropping by. And uh, we'll be doing uh, game previews uh, this year. We're hoping to uh, adopt that as uh, a regular on the LFB. So if you're available pregame, uh, we'll hit you up and uh, see if we can't make uh, make a date out of it. Cool. Yeah, we've been doing those, too, um, on Eagles Elite for the Eagles games. We won't be doing one this week, but we'll be doing one next week. I've done a couple of play-by-plays. And – a new, a new uh, piece of information for everyone. At 10 a.m. on Friday mornings on WDJYFM.com, uh, we have a real, the real play callers. Well, excuse me, it's called Play Caller Sports Talk um, show that we do there on 10 a.m. You can find it on WDJYFM.com. Um, it's in a local radio, a local radio station in Atlanta, so we do talk a little bit of Atlanta sports, but we do also talk like basketball, football, uh, college football as well. So just another fun time, a place where we can kind of reach a different audience, uh, talk to some different people. So if anyone has an opportunity, definitely tune in. Those shows are pre-recorded, but it's still a lot of good information and just another way for us to try to get out and uh, reach as many people as possible. Uh, great conversation. Absolutely. Please support Cool McCain on all those different ventures. Thank you so much, Cool. Truly appreciate you joining us for this evening. Do want to mention once again to our live audience out there on YouTube, we'll be back at 7 p.m. to talk to Rich Two. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors. The later on that we may do that show I was talking about in the chat where we talk about the press conference that was earlier today for Rob Palenka. 
and also as well, of course, Darvin Ham were part of that. They talked about a great many things. May cover that later tonight on the late night if uh, I can get the cosmos done in time. If not, we will make sure we have nothing set as, you know set aside for tomorrow. So we've got the clean slate to go ahead and provide you some great Lakers coverage there. Magic Man, we've got some more NBA observations on a couple more teams set up for this weekend, don't we? Absolutely, Gerald. We have uh, a great uh, journalist in his own right, Tony Jones, who covers the uh, Utah Jazz. He'll be on the uh, Lakers Fast Break Saturday evening. And then uh, Sunday, we'll be talking to We Talk Mavs YouTube channel. And we hope to have a great conversation on the weekend. Nice. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. And then we can't forget because Laker Tom will get all ornery on us and get all mad at us. Yeah, you know, that's what happens when it's Laker Tom. If we don't include him and Jamie Sweet this weekend as well on Lakerholic Spotlight, indeed. So got a lot of uh, viewing ahead of you folks. Got a lot of listening ahead for you folks. So truly appreciate it. Thanks so much again to you, Cool, as always. Just like last time around, you killed it. Hopefully, we can bring you on for one of our pregames during the course of the season to talk, you know, give us an update of what's going on with the Nuggets. We look forward to doing that as well. Truly appreciate all your time and everybody out there, especially the best Lakers chat room that's out there and the best Lakers show that's out there can be found only right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse Bring me all of the star trek all of the time and i will be an incredibly happy girl even if it's terrible it's like pizza bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza bad star trek is still pretty good because it's still star trek that's the way that i look at it just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold that's it yep that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming up back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast plus also as well inside sports fantasy football please go ahead and check out our latest episode because the guys from the lakers fast break benjamin sean grice and joe sorrow they stopped by to go ahead and give their thoughts on week four in the NFL for fantasy football owners out there. So go ahead and check that out today. Also, as well, speaking of Joe Soro, he is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and support him there on that chat place extraordinaire for Lakers fans. Also, he has a company. You need to go ahead and check it out. He owns Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also, as well, a big surprise for me just before we got on the air. We got an arrival of Laker Tom, 
the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Go ahead and check out what work he's doing today on his own medium column or, of course, Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing. Crazy trades, lineups, even more. Go ahead and check it out today. Plus, Lakerholics Spotlight this weekend. Go ahead and check it out as well, along with his good friend and compadre, the master of five things, Jamie Sweet at Lakerholics.com. Empire Jeff TV and the John McCainlian channel support them on YouTube each and every time out. They're great channels indeed. Empire Jeff has been covering the latest news and notes in the NBA, including the Damian Lillard trade. He had a great conversation last night, so check that out. Plus also as well, speaking of subscribing, as you should to those great channels, please click on the little Joe Soro with the beady eyes right next to Laker Tom on the right-hand corner of your screen. If you're watching on YouTube, that way if you click it, you're subscribed. Hey, yay, you're a subscriber. And you'll go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, we're coming down to the home stretch, everyone, on our tour of NBA teams. Our team previews of all 30 NBA teams is coming to a close here. We're down to our final few. And of course, we can't have an NBA team preview without our one of our Awesome rivals, just such a great time as far as in recent years that we've had some great battles, including last season in the playoffs. It is the Golden State Warriors, and the Golden State Warriors also coming off a recent championship run of their own, just like the Lakers. There's questions on age, there's questions on roster fit, there's questions all about with the Warriors, just like there is the Lakers, and where they fit in the Western Conference. And here today to talk about that, and also his thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers as well. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out the awesome work he's done for so many different facets of the Warriors experience. But this time around, let's go, Warriors. It is Rich too. Rich, great to have you here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to go ahead and check us out here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pleasure. Um, I'm honored. Thanks for having me on. Oh, great to have you here. Absolutely. Uh, definitely looking forward to this conversation because the Warriors and the Lakers are always easy conversations to have because yes, you know, whatever you want to say about the media preferring, uh, preferring those two teams and, and, and whatnot, but still with LeBron, AD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, the whole nine yards, there's always a bunch of personalities to cover that are great to cover when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, you guys have made um, significant roster changes, and so have we. Um, and uh, can't wait to talk about them. Absolutely. So I'm going to hit the hit you up with the first question on that before I send it over to Sean and Laker Tom. And the fact is that Chris Paul is the, yeah. the latest. Uh, Big name signing to come over to you guys, uh, whether you want to say it's him or his $30 million a year contract that's there. That's the reason why, whatever the meaning, whatever the, the idea behind that is, he's also been very insistent on that he's a starter. You know, I guess the the conversations with, with Steve Kerr has been trying to avoid the the obvious elephant in the room as far as who is a starting five because you can't put six players on the floor at the same time. Right. Your thoughts on this, my friend, as Chris Paul, as an addition, and can he be a good fit for this team? Yeah. Um, well, there were several factors um, in trading out pool 
or CP3. So now you've got the long-term flexibility with uh, CP's contract uh, being uh, non-guaranteed. And, um, you know, you're, you were committed to Jordan Poole previously. Then you got the second apron uh, stuff coming, coming around the corner. So um, there was a transactional element to it. And um, the other thing was uh, the big lesson learned this this past season was that needed more vets and needed toughness, uh, especially in the playoffs, uh, need a bucket um, and uh, can't make any mistakes. And um, one thing that Steve reiterated, uh, was it yesterday, two days ago, maybe three, uh, just recently they had uh, Mike Dunleavy and Steve Kerr on the podium. And he reiterated that, um, Throughout history, Chris Paul has always found a way to find a bucket, whether it's uh, him scoring or dishing it out to somebody. And um, so that kind of toughness and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame player. And um, and then we'll, we'll talk about who gets to start and the chemistry and all that. But I, I think that was the main thing is that needed more vets in the locker room, uh, take things a little bit more... Uh, I guess for lack of a better word, veteran like uh, during the ups and downs of the regular season and the playoffs have that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I also joke that now you got Steph Curry, uh, the, the way that he plays is a little bit wild sometimes. And, and then now there's a balance to that more so with Chris Paul. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, you can't really stand still every single year unless you happen to win the championship last year and you guys know that we just saw um milwaukee do that today um and uh, so they they jumped on that opportunity to make a change and give a little bit of a boost because uh if you stay the same and you hadn't won the championship you don't have that little emotional boost to really give you that drive to kick into the next season. So I think they did a good job actually. And I'm, I'm excited to see um, how this plays out during training camp. Also here today, good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk to Rich too today in regards to the Golden State Warriors. It is the magic man, Sean Grice and magic man. A long time no see, <laughs> a little over, well, a little less than an actually right around an hour. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this. When it comes to the questions that you might have, what pointed uh, things did you want to go ahead first off and say to Rich too on the Golden State Warriors, my friend? Yeah, Rich. So there's been a lot of conversation surrounding the, the starting five, so to speak. Um, the one ferocious rebounder that was a compounding headache for the Lakers was Kevin Looney. Um, Kevon Looney was just a monster on the boards. Um, do you like the idea of him coming off the bench or would you prefer him being a starter? Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of him coming off the bench. Um, and because that starting five of Steph, Clay, Wiggs, uh, Draymond and Looney is like, wasn't it like, number one in terms of net rating that's right it was 
Yeah, it was rich. So don't mess with that. And granted, CP3 is a competitive guy. You know, he's gonna, um, he's probably wants to start if you know he, he sees a basketball court. He sees himself as one of the ten guys that's starting the game. But I think it's a little just overblown a little bit, honestly. Um, they'll figure it out. And you know what? If it ends up that um, Steve decides that they're going to start small, I'd, I'd be shocked. Let's say, when do we play Denver? I don't even know. But it, it, first time regular season, I mean, really? Are we going to really throw a small lineup out there right off the bat against Jokic? Uh, he's he's going to have to explain it on the podium <laughs> why he did that. But that, that it just doesn't make any sense. And also, you're, you'd be messing with, the number one um, net rating lineup out there. So Steve usually doesn't mess with a good thing. And then also I think it's just honoring the fact that CP3 is like a bulldog, you know, Let, let's not just come into training camp, having him labeled as a, as a, the sixth man or off the bench. Let's just give him the respect, you know, that, we're not even going to talk about that right now until we're all in the room on the gym floor over at uh, Oracle Performance Center. And then we'll talk about it then just just out of respect, I guess, is mainly the the reason for the verbiage that we've been seeing. All right. Also, and oh, sorry. Sorry. No, uh, go for Joe. it, my friend. You got, yeah, you got I, something I, else? I just wanted uh, to let uh, everybody know. So the Warriors and Nuggets uh, first meet November 8th. That's early on. And then their their second meeting uh, at the end of 2023 is Christmas Day. Ooh, nice. Yep. Well, there you go, indeed. Uh, also here today, good man, indeed. Thank you, Sean, for that, by the way. It is Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom is here. I got you on a later this evening type deal, which is rare for us, which is always greatly appreciated. Your thoughts, my friend, as Rich Two is here to talk about the Warriors. Well, it's kind of funny listening to Rich talk about how the Warriors basically decided that they needed more veterans in the locker room. Yeah. And watching that season, you can't help but agree with it, even though some of the veterans were part of the problems with yeah. that were going on with the team chemistry. But mm-hmm. sort of the what that immediately brought to mind in my mind was something that I've been really focusing on lately with the Lakers, which is they didn't bring anybody within nine years of LeBron James age. When they rebuilt this team, they got the 15th youngest team in the league. And they only got one guy who's 30 years old, which is Anthony Davis plus LeBron at 38. They brought in nothing but guys that are in their 20s. The other 13 players, 12 players are all in their 20s. And you were looking at that 15th player and a lot of discussion is going on with the Lakers is maybe we do need a veteran for the 15th player, you know. The the perennial, as Gerald and I always battle, that 15th player who's never going to play but could have a real impact on the lineup, you know. uh, do you need, you know, Biombo, for example, just as another body to throw at Jokic, even though Jokic eats him up? Um, you need a guard so that you don't have to trust on Christie, a 20-year-old, to be your backup behind Reeves. Um, and then there's the perennial, you know, what happens with D'Angelo at the at the midseason? You know, is he really going to be gone? 
Um, he's going to start now. They just announced that, you know, no competition for starting point guard. It's, uh, it's just that fifth spot that'll be up for grabs. So I don't know. I'm kind of interested in what you think about this whole, the, the Lakers have obviously bet that their brand, their development, player development orientation of their coaching staff, their drafting, everything is geared toward getting guys who aren't yet at their prime and either trading for them or drafting them and developing a very young team. And they're hoping that that's a winning thing. Right now, they're probably the sixth best team in the league, maybe seventh the way that you know some of the trades are going. But their hope is that by the end of the year, with the development skills of their coaching staff, the right, quality right, of the right. of, so, the, so, of the young players, right, Tom. But, so, so how do how do you think this relates to the Warriors and, and Rich? Well, I wanted to see what Rich thought about it because it's it's a totally different direction than than what the Warriors did. The Warriors wanted to get more veterans in the locker room and so forth, and the, the Lakers went the totally opposite direction. Hmm. Kind of a weird cultural shift. To do that in LeBron's 21st year? Hmm. Well, I think... I would have uh, expected him to do what the Warriors did. Yeah, there might be some salary cap considerations in terms of you had to pay to keep Austin, right? Um, I I don't follow the Lakers' salary cap situation as closely as I do the Warriors, obviously. And then uh, I was just talking to my friend Mark, who uh, I always... changed compared to you guys. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah, our our salary cap table is nuts. <laughs> Four hundred million. I mean, yeah. God, um, and then you you guys paid uh, Vando, which I thought was interesting, and I had a discussion with him on that. I mean, it's you know twelve, thirteen million a year, right? I mean, it's like not the forefront of conversations for anybody. But I was just curious as to how. Uh, because wings in the NBA are important, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but then Vando doesn't shoot the three as well, and so but he's awesome on defense. So like, they're sort of setting the market on that type of player. Well, they want a, they want a trading chip that has some value. That yeah, five million was nothing for him for four million yeah. two, I think. So you know now he's now yeah. he's got a nice size chip. It's a little bit under the MLE, so you know it's. But I, I rich a lot of guys. I, I, I think that you're right. I, th- I think at the end of the day, I think, I, I, by the way, I agreed with your, your synopsis there about why Kavon Looney should, should start. I agree hundred yeah. uh, percent. I think they'll eventually just figure it out though. Uh, Chris is re- um, a really smart basketball player. And if you theoretically did have him in the, in the starting lineup, I might argue that that would, might be the most intelligent starting five that you have ever yeah. in NBA. Yeah, but history. everybody argues it doesn't matter who starts, it's who finishes the game. And, right. uh, and, Chris, and Chris would be better for finishing the game, probably. Yeah. When fresh, that you don't wear him out by starting him. Right. You know, when Right when you said that, Laker Tom, I was thinking if, if Clay was having the same game six again, then you'd mm-hmm. sub out Clay and Chris Paul if he was having that same game six against you guys. Right. Yep. So now you have that option to do that if necessary. So that, well, it's also two matchup. I, I've always loved Chris. Chris is just hell on teams that do drop coverage. Yeah, he yeah. just eats it up. It's just so bad. It's just, you get so tired of it, you know, cause he can get to the spot he wants and 
you know, and, and if you, if you get it, if he gets you on your hip and puts you in jail, you know, it's an easy floater. Um, and you know, it's gotta be frustrating for our centers. You know, I like it when, I mean, that's the one thing that, that I like that ham has done on our off our defense is when the big games are on the line, 80 comes out, you know, and challenges. He doesn't, he doesn't sit back there and make sure he's the lowest man in the post. The Warriors are a weird team because they can play when 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 Davon when Looney is playing great. They're a hell of a couple of big guys to deal with on that team, and yet they play this small ball stuff, which yeah, which I think the Lakers. I'm really glad. I think everybody on our our crew is glad the Lakers are moving away from having nothing but a bunch of small guards. Um, we're getting we're so tired of being no wings and. And having guys shoot jumpers over us in the mid-range over and over, you know, and floaters because we play drop coverage. But we we won't switch everything, which is what we should do, just to help the drop coverage. But the Warriors basically, everywhere I look, the Warriors are ranked above the Lakers as to having better odds of winning the championship this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that flip myself. I think the Lakers... Well, let me ask. Let me ask much this team. then. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there's still, even though we saw the results from the playoffs, why do you still think that the, in many circles, the Warriors are still picked ahead of the Lakers at this point in time? I think it's respect for the yeah. Warriors. Okay, yeah. There's that, and then yeah, the, you know, I mean, hey, you got three guys that are that have won more championships than any other trio running around. Let's hear from Rich on this, though. I was just about to say that it could be CP3's kind of brand name towards those odds makers. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually I I don't really pay attention to that stuff because uh, it, it kind of ruins the actual experience of going through the mm-hmm. season, uh, you know, but um, I'm sure uh, a lot of people care about that though, because, you know, we're in a, we're in a gambling environment and stuff. So it, it is, while I say that it's not important, it's, it is also important at the same time. But that would be my guess as to um, why the Warriors uh, might have better odds. But we'll see. Like, we don't really know, right? Um, yeah. I All the things that Laker Tom was just talking about with CP3, it was like that was the first time that I've had to sit down really. And, you know, it's been the summertime, so I've got other right. stuff that i got to take care of. But the first time that I've actually sat there thinking, okay, what well, CP3 in a Warriors uniform, what – how? What would that look like? Yeah. That I hadn't done that yet, and Laker Tom put that. Yeah. Uh, well, and and listen, you know, guys always tell me because I'm I'm a person who really cares who starts. I was I was as a player, I was as a coach. Um, you weren't and, Frank. You weren't Frank Ramsey, Tom. You, you know, Frank I mean, Ramsey from there's for the listen, Boston it comes Celtics. From, it matters to players, man. When you just yeah. say it, there's a yeah. few rare players where You're it right. doesn't. But You're generally right. speaking, man. You want to start at every level. That's how you measure how you how you are as a player. You know, I'm best in the playground. I'm now best in the league. Now I'm best at this. And then you find out when you're not the best. You know, and you get it taken to you. Um, so the I, I, the Lakers basically have so many question marks on their team, and so do the Warriors. And and when you look at every one of these teams now, even when you look at the Bucks with with Giannis and, and Dame. You got one guy who can't shoot, and you got another guy who can't defend. I mean, that's there's all these combinations. There's there's nobody that doesn't have flaws, man. 
Right. And it's going to come down to who has the best team, the most versatility to be able to, for everybody who's in their path, figure out how they're going to beat them. You know, the big well, teams, the small teams, the fast teams, the slow teams, the good defenders, the bad defenders. One of the strengths I think the Lakers have, the Lakers have two strengths that I think will make them not, they're a number six team now, will get them up to be one or two by the end of the year. And that's basically their diversity and their depth and their youth. That's three things. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let me go ahead and bring Laker Nick into the conversation. Laker Nick, great to have you here, my friend. Also a great appearance to see you this late in the evening as well. Great to have you as always. Any questions for Rich True out there as far as Rich True from Let's Go Warriors and a whole bunch of stuff that he's done before with the Warriors experience. But Rich True for the Let's Go Warriors is here. What questions did you have for him, Laker Nick? Yeah, thanks, Gerald. And salute Tom, uh, Magic Man. And it's great to speak with you, Rich. Um, Rich, I, uh, I, yeah. actually to focus the conversation on a couple of specific players on the Warriors roster, I am always been interested and intrigued by, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moody. Um, and yeah. I saw a stat actually earlier, uh, this week that there's only three players that have been with the same team since the 20, uh, 12, 2013 season. And that's, uh, obviously Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously with the inclusion of players like uh, Kaminga and Moody, I know that their play has been sporadic, uh, maybe at times unsatisfactory. But do you actually see those two players as part of the Warriors' future? Um, how, how do you see those players fitting in in the coming season? Yeah, I absolutely do see uh, JK and Moody as part of the future and part of the, you know, hopefully they're, they're still warriors when Steph, Clay, and Dre retire in the future, whenever that may be. You know, it could be five years from now or something like that. Um, and by then, they'll be like grizzled vets. Uh, but yeah, JK. Um, so just trying to think back to last season, JK really. Uh, man, I'm just thinking I should I should really do an X's and O's analysis of this, but. In the playoffs, there, there was that one game, I, I want to say it was early in the series against the Kings, where, uh, and we, we pointed it out as it was happening because we have our Manning cast type of live streams on Let's Go Warriors. It's like, oh, 
he what is he doing? He's looking at the ball going, you know, being shot. He's not rebounding. And then, oh my gosh, he he didn't do the 0.5 basketball move that ball to Dre. It's like it took him a little bit while. And it's like you can't be doing that here against the Kings. Um so uh leading up to that, Jonathan had those flashes during the regular season and it's very enticing right and then facing the lakers we're like okay uh things are a little bit stagnant for us why don't you you know steve why don't you throw in jk real quick and just change it up a little bit because this is not working right now but i i think we saw a little bit of uh i guess longer term i guess steve has that ability to be in the moment and yet um we'll just roll with it. And uh, he, he could turn turn out to be um, uh, a genius coach in terms of uh, not playing JK at all uh, in the Lakers series and just maintaining the fact that you really need to figure out that you're one, just like Looney figured out your one thing that you've got to do is rebounding if you want minutes. And that is going to, I don't care how desperate we are, how far behind in the series we are with the Lakers. You just need to rebound. And so I think that'll help JK. And then you'll get that on-court sort of uh, same type of uh, coaching, if you will, from CP3 now, now that he's added to the mix. So there's a lot of talk, uh, even when Kerr was on the podium the other day, saying that uh, he thinks that CP can unlock JK. And now with Moody... Moody started out with the rocky regular season and then had a pretty solid playoffs. And the regular season was just, man, we all want to just forget about that because it was just a mess of things. Like Laker Tom said, one thing that a lot of Warriors pundits uh, never point the finger at is Steph. And Steph was making some really uh, unnecessary turnovers on that 0-5 road trip. I specifically remember like uh, just, it was just kind of, we were just coming off a championship, then the parade, then you had Japan. We had to go to Japan. And then ironically that uh, ring night, opening night against the Lakers, right? Whoever wins ring night, you know, you go out there and you're just, uh, you, you're thinking about your ring, but we won the game and we kind of got away with that. You guys, you were a completely different team by the time you had Vando, right? So that was a totally different Lakers of the past. So that was a Laker team that could actually lose a ring night, opening night game. Right. Right. So anyway, Moody had to go through all these things and he's just along for the ride. And then now you got to go in there, um, play some defense box out and hit the open three. And he seemed to do that in the playoffs. So I, I think that can carry over to this season. Uh, whereby we can just forget about his uh, regular season last season. And this is the Moody that we know. And that's, that's the Moody that we'll continue to get um, from now until the next five years. Once again, it is Rich too. Please go ahead and support him today at Let's Go Warriors and all the great things that he does, including his X slash Twitter slash whatever it wants to call itself today. Follow him at Poor Man's Commish. Right there for you. I have just clicked on following, so I am now following. Oh, and thanks. you should too. Go ahead and make we sure you support you him today. 
thank you so much truly appreciate it and also let's go warriors as well magic man have you got some more questions for rich two on the warriors i've got one after you my friend then we'll go with tom and laker nick once again yeah uh rich uh one of our uh great draft uh experts stone hansen was talking about how much he loved brandon podzimski um and he absolutely Ooh. loved the pick for the warriors had a little bit of a bumpy summer league but i mean who the yeah. hell doesn't in, in summer yeah. league right how do you think he fits in uh to the front court because he's he's got yeah. a lot of like really finely tuned athletic skill uh yeah. it just seems like if he gets the right coaching and development he could be a special kind of player yeah i think he's got the right mindset he seems to be of the bulldog type too and he's i mean you know, i follow all these guys on instagram and occasionally he'll post a uh, I think he does this on Twitter as well. If you just go to his uh, account, you know, his, you can tell he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he wants to snap back at the haters and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, um, just based on all the reasons why they drafted him, um, the ability to hit the three and um, play make, um, which we saw in summer league, um, he wasn't able to really finish as well. And so all of that just really means that he's a long-term prospect, but then the fact that he's a, he's a tough guy um, and you saw them start to draft more of, of that kind of mentality also with Trace Jackson Davis. So, um, so. And, I and Rich, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say uh, there, there was another pretty good, uh, although he's in the front court, there was another pretty good little guard who could shoot the three and play make that went to Santa Clara too. He went by the name of Steve Nash. Yeah. So maybe yeah. Brandon, uh, maybe pod here has a little bit of Steve Nash in him. Uh, that would be a hell of a pick. Yeah. I, uh, I like how uh, B pods, uh, his passing ability. I really like that. Um, but let's face it. He's not going to have any minutes probably at all. So he's going to spend a lot of time in G league. Uh, which is great because uh, it, it makes uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors more exciting. Um, and that's just part of the development process that the Warriors have shown the last few years is that's that's just what happens. So you're going to go down, uh, assuming there's no injuries, knock on wood, right? So um, that that's obviously next man up. But uh, he, sh he should shine in G League. So that it, that's a fun ticket to have down in Santa Cruz, to be honest with you. Once again, it is Rich True. Please go ahead and support today at Let's Go Warriors right there for you. I wanted to go ahead and ask uh, a question, but I'll, I'll let Bloodhound go ahead and ask my question. How do you see CP3 fitting into the team? Uh, most likely coming off the bench, most likely running the second unit. How effective, like I said earlier, uh, how effective do you think he really will be in that format? Do you think he'll buy in and do you think he'll become, you know, possibly one of the contenders for sixth man of the year because of it. Hmm. You asking me? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I was thinking uh, you, you might've been asking Laker Nick for a bit right there. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, no worries. You know, we've been through this actually Andre Iguodala. So um, there's precedent there for Steve to manage something like this. And um, 
hey, that, I, I think that's that's all part of what's happening right now is Steve not committing to saying one thing or another is we may be wrong into thinking that, you know, you'll be the next Andre Iguodala type to change your role. Prove us wrong. You know, we don't want to quote that fire. I mean, if, if CP3 goes bonkers in a couple preseason games in the first quarter, then, then you got to really think about it. So uh, to just leave all options open, but realistically um, I think we're going to see him um just like what Andre Iguodala did, just kind of put his ego in check and go, you know, I still haven't won a championship. It's, it's too bad that these guys wouldn't just say, you know, why don't we just have six starters, really, and just <laughs> rotate depending on what the matchup oh, is. That's a good idea. I yeah. mean, I think it, that, that might be a possibility. Yeah. You know, I, you never see them do that in the NBA, and it's because of the play. The stars don't want to. There's five starters. I don't want to be a one-six starter. Well, Tom, the Warriors starter, you know. The Warriors statistically had one of the best starting fives of right. last season. Do you True. really want yeah, to ask yeah, for I that? I know, but, but Chris Paul's never come off the bench. <laughs> hey, Rich, I, 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 I was just thinking. Um, you know, one of the one of the one of the problems I think that J.K. had in his first couple of years was understanding that even though you don't have the ball in your hands all the time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not supposed to get to your spot and score, right? And instead of thinking about having the ball in his hands all the time, I I actually think CP3 is going to be good for him because, because he's going to be able to put him in spots where he's most comfortable shooting and other spots where he is comfortable with the ball in his hands, so I, I, I'm 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 with Laker Tom. I think it, it it you know there's more of a mentorship here as well with Chris. He's 38 years old. He's been in the NBA a long time. Um, and look, let's face it, Rich. A lot a, a lot of was made about Draymond punching Jordan Poole in the face. Yep. <laughs> And, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, it's not unprecedented. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, the Jailblazers had an incident where Zach Randolph had enough of Reuben Patterson, punched him in the face, and actually. Bobby Portis. His... Yeah, Bobby Portis did the same thing. Some guys uh, deserve to be punched in the face. To that's, be honest with you. <laughs> to be honest, Rich, I don't think we'll ever know what, uh, what was said, but um, yeah. just knowing. Draymond's background, and I know for a lot of people who may not understand this, is that his mother was a prison guard, and he learned to have discipline. And yes, he he uh, expresses himself verbally, Rich, but he can back it up. And I think whatever was said between him and Jordan Poole should stay in there, and I'm glad the Warriors did that. They really didn't uh, try to make much ado about nothing. Like, this is our problem. Stop asking us about it. Let's talk about basketball. I I, I got to be honest, Rich. I expect there might be a little bit of conflict between CP3 and Draymond at some point in the season. Okay. But that that, gotcha. that always happens. It always happens. It, it happened with the Lakers 
with Shaq and yeah, Kobe. Draymond's not going to punch out Chris. No, no, <laughs> that's that's you know? kind of what I'm what I'm saying here. And yeah, Rich yeah. kind of made that point that these it's are just men. Like these are men. These are oil and vinegar like, getting mixed. You know, yeah, I mean, there's like certain younger, players that right, Tom, like younger men who can't control themselves. So, yeah. do, do you kind of see that <laughs> discipline? Uh, um, benefiting the Warriors, Rich, even though it may look like they're still small, right? Do you think that that discipline would, would actually benefit the team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're you're already seeing Draymond and CP3 have chemistry, and we haven't even started training camp. They did the, um, the workout down in L.A. They even have Dwight there, right, joined them. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, and were you uh, in favor? Were you in favor of the of the moving pool? Did you feel that was had had to be done, Rich? Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the season, I will admit, you know, it's you, you grow attached to to the guys, and and in my opinion, Western Conference semifinals, that's still pretty good, you know. And and you always think that yeah, JP can play better, you know, he can. Uh, he's got another level to this and, and that was a learning experience. Um, but at the same time, you balance that with reality, which is in the NBA, they make changes because they know you can't stay the same all the time and you really can't um, get too attached to uh, the last team that you had unless uh, you just won the championship and you kind of owe the players. Maybe that was the last maybe that was the last gasp that last championship. You know, I'm, look at what's happening around the league. All of a sudden, we had these big discussion. Is you know, everybody was saying that two stars is all you need. Three stars, basically, you can't do it because you just don't have enough left over. Well, right now we've got like three or four teams that have got three stars. Yeah, um, that's going to change the. That's going to change what the Lakers do at midseason, I believe. What do you think it effect is going to be on the Warriors at midseason and? Could you see them breaking up the big three? Or could you see them moving CP3 in order yeah. to get rid of he, he's a he's a he's a salary filler that could be very important. Yeah. If, if the, you know. he doesn't work out, then we have the option of doing something. Yeah. Uh, but as far as keeping Steph Clay and Dre, yeah, we're keeping them three together. There's no doubt. That's 100 mm-hmm. um, percent So let me get that's what four hundred million dollars tells me. Yeah, and and true. back to your original question on the pool trade, yeah, you, you just had you had to do something. And, and the the other thing is, uh, CP was available. Oh, you know, it's like oh, vet Hall of Famer, let's jump on that. Right. And you have to you have to pay a price for that. And they actually did. It wasn't straight up. We we also gave them a couple pieces and maybe a, a couple you know second round picks of of some sort yeah. of that nature. But, but when Chris got the news when he was flying across country that he'd been traded. And all of a sudden, wasn't going to be a minimum player. That had to be feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me ask. Uh, let me get uh, Laker Nick in here real quick. Uh, Nick, what you got for Rich too? Um, hey, Rich. Uh, great insights. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping on again. Um, yeah, no problem. One thing. One thing that I'm obviously uh, just taking a look at the Warriors roster for next season. Um, obviously, a glaring hole here is a lack of size right and uh, yep. going back to your earlier comment about touching on the dwight howard topic 
Yeah. Um, how do you see? Uh, first of all, like, uh, did you want Dwight Howard or, or or not? And second of all, do you see that um, hole of a lack of size being filled sometime before the trade deadline, or do you think that this uh, this group will try to tread water until February and see what they could get in the market? Yeah. Um, okay. I, man, it just depends on what day of the week it is. Cause, um, you know, with, I'm, I'm a little different we try and do things a little different at let's go warriors. You know, I saw today on, on Instagram, somebody in the basketball world posted, uh, the Ted Lasso and he's playing darts. And he said, uh, he, he's always been a curious person rather than a judgmental person. So, um, you know, I, I'm talking to some, uh, just yesterday, just randomly happened to talk to, uh, uh, an insider with knowledge. So I get to give you guys a little scoop scoopage here. Um, so he had a little inside knowledge of the whole Dwight situation. Um, and uh, Steph uh, and Draymond at the very least, they, and CP3, they expected um, the Warriors to sign Dwight. It, it seemed like that was, that made sense. He had a great workout. He's, uh, Dwight's body apparently is just an incredible shape, lost 10 pounds, uh, said all the right things and had the right mentality. He, he's a soldier. Um, and I don't care if you don't play me, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do my job. Um, goes down there and, and Dray, uh, has the workout with Draymond and CP3. Everything's hunky-dory. Everyone's expecting them to be a warrior pretty soon. But then they, the report comes out that they passed on Dwight. And so yesterday I'm sitting here go, and I'm talking to this insider and he's giving me all the stuff like, you know, we're giving up like, uh, you know, 60% on floaters and stuff. I mean, these are some analytics that directly point to needing a guy like Dwight. And I'm just thinking about it. I'm going, is he really going to play minutes? And yeah, uh, you don't want to wear down Looney. You know, you want to, even if Dwight's in there for four or five minutes over the course of 82, you know, do we really think Looney's going to play 82 again? That kind of thing. Draymond even wants to kind of um, uh, have longevity throughout the 82 season, uh, 82 game season. And so he, he, he liked the thought of having Dwight in there to spell those two out in that rotation at the five. Um, so then I'm thinking, okay, then why, why did, is Steve really that stubborn or what's going on? And then Dunleavy goes onto the podium and says, well, we have five centers uh, that we can play in training camp. So I kind of think it's like wait and see on the, on the center position. I always thought that before the Dwight rumor came out, I always thought that they need an extra wing, whatever that may be. JT, I'm a wing guy. Like I, I covet Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. those, those types of things. I've always liked Robert Covington way, way back in the day, which by the way, another scoop is the Warriors of, they when Covington was at his peak in Philadelphia, it, the Warriors loved uh, Covington. Always wished there was a way to bring him on. So, um, so why? Uh, but then, then you again, the the obvious you know the eye test is the Warriors are small. So then today I got to think of well maybe what if, and we'll never know right. What if 
what if they just signed Usman Garuba to the two-way and they they were just telling him, yeah, you got a chance to be, you know, Draymond's backup and all that. And then you go and sign Dwight. What kind of message does that send, you know, bam, bam, like that? We don't know if it was that, but I, I try to be curious and try to leave open the possibility because honestly, Steve Kerr has forgotten a whole lot more basketball than I know. Right. And um, I just like to sit back and see what happens. And yeah, there's still time. There's still time. Uh, you, you know, there could be an injury again, knock on wood. And, and we just got to see this team play. And Steve was raving about Dario Saric on the podium the other day. So how does he fit? And Steve obviously sees Saric with the ability to play the five on defense. So let's just see how it works. And it's going to take a few regular season games to figure that out too. So, uh, you know, um, by December, we'll, we'll have a good idea of what kind of identity this team will have. So I'm just going to see what happens and I'm not going to get too riled up because uh, logic would dictate that you would have signed Dwight and he was willing to do the non-guaranteed, but, or even just training camp, you know, but that didn't happen. So let's see, see what happens. And maybe they made a mistake. We don't know. Once again, it is Rich too from Let's Go Warriors. Go ahead and check out him and his great show on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. But also please follow him today on Twitter slash X as well. Laker, Nick, let me bring it over because I was going to bring it to Laker Tom. Or actually, Sean, I'm sorry. Sean, that was very rude of me. It's to go ahead, my friend. Any questions for Rich? Uh, not rude at all, Gerald. It's uh, you're moderating. We all know moderating is like juggling like seven different balls while ha- trying to have two hemispheres. Well, I was thrown off by. Time. I was thrown off by Laker Tom leaving. Uh, he's like, <laughs> he has vacated well, the premises I- right now. And the- Maybe I can throw it back. Can I throw up, um, you know, um, Magic Man doesn't have a question, but can you tell me about Dwight, what was it, 2020? Yes. Yes. Talk to me about Dwight 2020. All right. So, uh, you know what, Rich? Uh, Dwight 2020 was actually a a likable surprise. Um, His role fit uh, very nicely. Um, Both him and JaVale split their time at center. Uh, some games, like you were saying before, some games Dwight was was getting the uh, the lion's share of the minutes, and then other nights Javale was. Uh, it, it came to a point where Vogel um, kind of preferred uh, Dwight uh, for for the lion's share for for a good portion of the season. Uh, Sans foul trouble, and uh, despite not playing a lot uh, in the uh, First round, Rich against Houston, yeah. they actually remained very focused, and uh, and uh, neither neither one of them was sulking or pouting, which was uh, a reputation of Javale's, obviously when he was in Washington. Not so much when he was with Golden State and mm-hmm. uh, matured as a player and a man. And uh, but Dwight as well. Dwight showed a lot of maturity, and um, uh, it seemed like his role fit like a glove, Rich. And uh, unfortunately, during that. Uh, free agency period he uh, preemptively thought that uh, him and the lakers had reached a deal mm. and uh, he had voiced his um his joy on twitter but i guess his agent told him to take the tweet down because the deal hadn't been finalized yet and oh 
Oh uh, yeah, it fell through. But I, I, that that had nothing to do with Doit's performance. It was Rob going in a completely mm-hmm. different direction. But I would say, you know, the Dwight you described there, Rich, ten pounds lighter, um, in the best, sh- obviously in really good shape. Um, Dwight's Dwight's a big, still a big man, so his ability to set screens. Um, just on that alone would be uh, essential for the Warriors. And and yeah. I would say imperative in the playoffs, Rich, because if they had a big body like Dwight, uh, I don't think the Kings would have lasted seven games. I think the Warriors would have beaten them in about five or six. Hmm. Um, so I, I really do think that uh, if that's the Dwight Howard as described, uh, the Warriors may, may have found um, – a solution to the issue. And uh, just to add on to, to the Usman Garuba, uh, Rich, he may be a diamond in the rough. Um, yeah. I saw him play for Spain uh, in the FIBA tournament. Um, yeah. Both, Spain both played him and Santi Aldama at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's how much they trusted his shooting. He's a really great outside shooter. And remember this, Rich, even though he's been passed around a little bit in the NBA, Sam Presti is the guy who drafted him. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I like yeah. It. So when yeah. when you look at certain guys and where they they've ended up, where did they start? Who who who's who? Are they from the Spurs organization? Are they right. from the Warriors organization? Are they from the Pacers, the Lakers? Like these are teams now who are known for developing their draft picks and uh excelling and having a lot of them and excelling at scouting so (laughs) uh don't be surprised if garuba turns some heads rich yeah cool oh and the one last thing on dwight i was told by um someone knowledgeable um that you know the the tweet that he had after uh the warriors passed on him where he talked about i'm a warrior and warriors in cap uh caps all caps. Uh, I was told that Dwight's always been like that. So it's, it, it was more, it was less, uh, it looked bad. Um, he did the same thing with the Lakers, you know? Yeah. But it was more like, okay, they turned the page on me. I'm a warrior. I'm going to keep, keep going. So it was, it was less a shot at the warriors than it was. Right. More tongue in cheek. Right. Right. Exactly. So I'll ask you this. Uh, one of the issues I still think with the Warriors, I mean, people talk about the age issues. And you can either say it's experience, whatever, whatever, what have you. I think is is what Magic Matt alluded to is the size issue. Uh, yeah. The fact that, that you guys are still a very small team uh, on that. Does that concern you at all throughout the regular season and playoffs if we have a matchup against a big team with some size like the Lakers, Memphis, Denver, somebody who could throw some size at you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, I haven't actually done the rotation spreadsheet that uh, kind of Mike Brown made famous at, over at the Warriors. Uh, is is there really minutes for for Dwight? Can we get away with a few minutes here? I, I'm not sure. I haven't done the rotation. And so... Um, Again, it's just kind of we'll see what happens. Roll out the ball and let's play, let's play uh, what twenty five regular season games and see 
where we're at with this. Um, and I, I think maybe there's some more confidence by the front office that they can swing a deal if necessary. And that, uh, you know, taking the Lakers as an example, uh, it's very doable because look at you guys, you know, kind of dead in the water, boom, boom, boom. Re it, it was a brand new team almost uh, by the trade deadline. Right. There you guys go off to the, but West you're in a, you're still in the same boat as the Lakers though, because, we, we only go as far as LeBron and AD are going to carry us, and you guys are only yeah. going to go as far as Steph and Clay can carry you. Yeah. Um, Draymond. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. You hope, you hope that you just, you just hope everybody's healthy, but it seems yeah. harder and harder now to – I mean, every championship, you can look back and say that injuries basically, at least the last five championships, haven't been between the best two teams at the end. Yeah, are you guys like – super concerned by LeBron's foot and AD. You know, no, I'm not. I'm day. not, except that it's just, I, I, am. <laughs> yeah, I, am. Yeah. I yeah. always, I'm the plus guy. They're the minus yeah. guys. Yeah. He's, yeah. No, he's yeah. no, he's not 23 years old anymore, Tom, but no, I know, uh, you know, but, but, uh, but nobody else at 38 has done what he's doing. It, Rich, it is so, it is so, it, it, I, I understand where Tom's coming from as well. It's, it's just, it's so tenuous. The wheels will have to fall off for and, me to believe and, they will fall off. And Rich, um, unlike Kobe being Bryant, God rest his soul, um, can't have I, I you can't have LeBron playing thirty six minutes a night now, and trying to guard the other team's best perimeter player. Not he not can, when you've got a twelve man can, rotation that can't right, even play he, everybody. He can do it for He can do it for stretches. Rich, still, he puts his mind to it. He can yeah. accomplish that, uh, but yeah, we're and like the inevitability we feel rich is that unfortunately AD is going to miss uh, two to four weeks. Now, if it's yeah. stretched out, if he misses a week here, a week there, it doesn't look as bad. But yeah. we're we're used to you know he's going to be out three to four weeks, four to six. Yeah, weeks, but I keep hearing LeBron has come. LeBron has come into camp just buoyant and playing like a youngster. And don't we hear if that he's every year? Feeling that well, you know how he's. But he's I mean, not gonna dial, I, I, he's not going to dial back to threes. Tom, let me ask it. you this. Let me say this. Doesn't every player coming into camp come in the best shape of their lives? Yes. Well, James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> There's an he exception to the rule, Tom. Well, no, listen, it, and, and everybody shows those off season <laughs> videos of how they've worked out so well, yeah. how their body looks so lean. You but, know, and I, I mean, uh, even the most amateur can take take but, a photo and and you know take Photoshop and, and make some enhancements. Rich, but, I think <laughs> uh, I think a lot of basketball fans should coming into this year, especially, think about how special this is. That Steph is thirty five, yeah. LeBron is thirty. There's a changing of the guard coming. It is You're coming, right, John. It's, it's, it's coming, coming fast. It's, uh, it's coming fast. It yeah. felt really fast. Yeah. It felt really fast, man. It I, like I was. I looked at it today. Steph is thirty-five. Like it was yeah. only yesterday. Felt like he was twenty-seven, twenty-eight, yeah. and uh, time flies. This is an end of. I, I'm not sure if we'll ever see an era like this again, Rich. Sure, we, we will. We, we may. We'll probably, we, we'll probably we be may. the old farts that won't admit that you know. Yeah, well, the young kids saying, "Who was LeBron James and Michael yeah. Jordan?" It could well, be Kobe Bryant. Those guys. 
Well, yeah, let's hear from a, Rich on that, and then we'll yeah, go ahead and bring it so, over to Laker Nick. So, go what ahead, do you Sean. think about that, Rich? It's it seems like it's an end of an era. Oh, and not only that, you heard the news that uh, Chase Center is going to be probably the All Star Game 2025, right? And uh, man, Steph and LeBron, hopefully, will be there. You know, it's going to be uh, just epic in terms of. You know, that'll be talked about what you just brought up, Magic Man, that they're going to start talking about that more and more. And then, boom, we got that all-star game in 2025. Unless they all do the Olympics and retire. What, what I, Olympics next, uh, what, next what, summer. What I yeah. appreciate so much, Rich, about uh, the NBA and why I love it so much is the greatness. And that, that yeah. that's kind of what I mean. Like, um, Ray Allen was the best shooter that I ever saw. And up until Steph yeah. Curry came into the NBA, Rich, he's probably the, the, the best shooter that ever walked God's green earth. But Steph's the greatest shooter ever, Rich. There will never be another yeah. Steph yeah. Curry. Um, he revolutionized the game of basketball. Again, after one Magic Johnson did it, and then Michael Jordan did it, and now Steph yeah. is in that. No, nope, they didn't even understand what the three-point shot was before Steph. <laughs> so yeah, it does. It does feel like greatness is coming to an end, and you got to appreciate yeah. it while it's here, Rich. Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. So, but you know, in in five more years, it's totally It's totally possible that LeBron James and Steph Curry will still be playing. It's not impossible. True. Oh, what what about the whole uh, LeBron wants to play with his son? I mean, that's been a little bit. See, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that say that's got a bad thing for his son. You know, I, I wouldn't uh, even hear of my son's which career. Son? Yeah, which Rich, son? Uh, yeah, Rich. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Bronny, we know, suffered. Uh, but it is fun to play car. with your kid, you know. I mean, any Bron- father who's got a kid. Bronny man. suffered a, a very serious cardiac event. Um, yeah, but he it doesn't even sound like they, he, they're they going to need to put a, a pacemaker in for him or anything, which is know, surprising. Well, yeah, you never know, though, Tom. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do remember. Uh, He's back I'm at sure, practice, I heard. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure everybody remembers the story of Isaiah Austin. Isaiah Austin yep. was a center out of Baylor, uh, wanted to be drafted yeah, I wanted him for the, the NBA. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, I believe it was an ultrasound. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gerald, but I believe it was an ultrasound. Uh, yes. Revealed he had a he had a enlarged heart and Marfan saved his life drunk. probably and it did Tom yeah it yes, did yes but I was so, also talking about Bryce the future for Bryce because Bryce even yeah. before the the obviously terrible thing mm-hmm. that happened to Bronny Bryce is projected to probably be the better player long term right. and he's oh, not that okay. far behind uh, Bronny as far as yeah. that you know it's all early speculation yeah. right now but they, well he, he's know, I think he's a he's still a sophomore in high school he's still a sophomore in high school but he yeah. is. Be, he's projected to be taller. But he's also even right. a little bit more athletically gifted. But let me uh, go ahead and make sure. That's we three more years, it. unless they change. Well, considering the new CBA, that's three more years. Um, you never know, Tom. You never tell. Well, you never yeah, know. But right. let's go ahead and finish up uh, our thoughts from Rich because I really am intrigued to hear what he thinks about the Lakers. And I'll start off the questions with Laker Nick. Laker Nick, uh, let's get you back in here, my friend. Truly appreciate your patience. Want to go ahead and hear your thoughts with Rich and what you think that he might be thinking about when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. No, thanks, Gerald. Um, 
Yeah, Rich. Um, actually, I had more one more question, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts. Please, yeah, go ahead and finish that too. Absolutely, yeah. Go yeah, ahead, yeah, 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 Rich. Uh, uh, you know, generally, I always obviously would like your thoughts on how you see the Lakers shaping up this season. But um, you actually anticipated the question I had regarding the Warriors, and that was concerning their rotation. Um, if I look at the depth chart, um, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like this. The core of Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. I think those four guys are probably surefire starters. Chris yep. Paul is a question mark. And then the center position, I guess it's going to be split between Kevon Looney and Dario Saric. Um, mm-hmm. I should add that Gary Payton, uh, the second, yeah. is on the team and hopefully he's able to get some of his bounce back. Um, but um, I actually find their depth or their rotation. Um, obviously not set in stone, but more or less uh, solidified just based off uh, last season, which yeah. uh, it, it is a difference from what the current Lakers have. I mean, we have a lot of starting lineup combinations. Laker Tom has been uh, saying that, you know, he, he sees, you know, up to like seven, maybe nine different combinations that could actually be viable starting lineups for the Lakers. And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, anyways, I, I just thought uh, I'd get your thoughts or your commentary on on the Golden State Warriors, their depth, and uh, also your general impressions of how you see the Lakers as shaping up this next season. Yeah, I think just as you were talking, I wouldn't be surprised if Steve and the coaching staff were, you know, secretly giddy about that rotation because everybody forgets about Gary Payton the second, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's a key piece. Um, he's a key piece got, to winning that championship. Winning that you championship. wouldn't have won it without him. And so, the you know defense win championships uh, mantra fits that mold. And and uh, he was on uh, Steve was on the podium the other day talking about um, the combination of Wiggins and GP two. So um, and then Steve's also very excited about Saric, big body. Uh, pass the ball, uh, dribble handoff type um, of uh, abilities and good passer. So he's secretly uh, giddy about Saric as well. And the fact that you're, so you have the 2022 championship uh, rotation that includes GP2 off the bench, also includes JK a little bit and Moody, you could say. You could throw them kind of into that equation. And then to add to the mix are these two veterans, CP and Saric. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, chemistry problem to deal with. Uh, I think the, the learning curve isn't going to be as bad as it was last season for sure. Uh, but this is kind of a coach's dream, right, in terms of the learning curve to uh, achieve chemistry towards an identity. So I think uh, they're, they're pretty uh, excited about that. Uh, and as far as the Lakers, man, like what we do at Let's Go Warriors is we're so uh, granular about the Warriors. Oftentimes our weaknesses, we don't really know much about the other teams until we see them. But I just, I just remember, you know, not having an answer for AD Right. It's just what are we get? We, what are we still going to do about AD? And so as long as you have a healthy AD and LeBron and then, man, I, I think 
the majority of even casual Warriors fans have the utmost respect for Austin Reeves. You know, we're looking at Austin Reeves. He he outplayed Clay. I mean, think about that. Who would have ever said that? Who would have predicted that? Not us. Not us, Rich. That was and a you know, surprise too. And so, I've got that. When Vando is out there smothering one of our guys, it, it, he was covering Steph. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. kind of, you know, I like those wings, those long wings. I know you ideally. He, he's you got those. Trees, he's, but. One thing I love about him, Rich, is he's got those pterodactyl arms. It's like he's really, yeah. like, really long. I and know, yeah. he's got quick feet, too, which yep. helped him against both John Morant and Steph because um, I'm not sure if you read his comments, Rich, but. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt said it was like it was like I was guarding two Stephs, not one. I was gu- I was running around chasing one Steph, right? And yeah. then I had to defend the Steph that was the shooter. Can you imagine doing that for a whole game. I mean, come on, yeah, it's impossible. We had jelly legs <laughs> just from doing that 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 alone. Rich Austin had no legs. Jared Vanderbilt yeah. had no legs. That's why we got mauled on the, on the boards in those first two games uh, against Denver, Rich. It was your team and chasing that legend around because it's like guarding two players. It really – I don't think – Rich, there are some people, some players, I believe, in the NBA that you can really only appreciate if you see them live. Yeah. And if you have an opportunity yeah. to see Steph Curry in person, you should take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's like guarding two players. It's it's uncanny. And well, he re- he reinvented a whole new way of playing basketball, which is pass the ball and reposition for your shot. I mean, right. nobody it's, ever did that before. That was just totally that totally revolutionized the game. I mean, it, the last thing you want to do is have that guy get rid of the ball because then he can go anywhere, do anything. You know. To to Magic Man's point, inside the arena, you, you can feel the anticipation when he gets the ball and launches a three and when he makes it and he hits two or three in a row, it's like nothing else in the history of basketball inside the arena. So he's got that, you know, showmanship factor. Um, But going back to the Lakers, it's um, so I was just thinking of the players that you have, and it's hard for me to just uh, see the whole um, uh, system working with you guys, but obviously LeBron and, um, Rui, it's like Rui's hit that mid range. You're like, dang it, you know, as a Warriors fan. But then D'Lo, right? Because we've had D'Lo, and like when D'Lo starts to go on a slump or he's making mistakes, you're like, oh yeah, please let that become, you know, more. Let that spread like a virus on your squad. And and but he did a good job of just accepting his role that he wasn't playing well that night. And then it was Dennis Schroeder. Oh, how are you guys going to uh, – what's – who replaces – Who's going to replace Schroeder? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, Nick, that's why they need to – that's why they need to switch everything. Rich, we're going to – if we play you guys again, we won't have Dennis Schroeder and we won't have Lonnie Walker the fourth. Right. <laughs> oh, man, Lonnie. Oh, gosh. But we will have – but we will good. have Christian Wood, Cam Reddish, right. okay. uh, Tayshaun Prince, um, you can go down the line, you know. Torian Prince, yeah. Torian Prince, Prince, 
but that leads me into two, a, a question from our audience and then also a final question from okay. me before we head on out. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. The question from our audience is from Kurt Affair. He was asking about the importance of, you know, two individuals we didn't talk about already, uh, Kaminga and Moody. Tell us how important it is for them to finally develop into major contributors for this team this season. Okay, so I'll start with Moody because Moody is kind of like Andre Iguodala 2.0. You know, you want him to come in and just do everything right, you know, be spider-like on defense and then just knock down that open three like you've got, you know, ice in your veins and um, distribute the ball to the right person at the right time. So he has the potential to do that because he's so mature. Um, and for uh, what's going to be a third-year player, uh, he's ahead of schedule. So there's a lot of uh, high hopes that he can kind of take that role in more in the future as we go. Um, so kind of that wing, wing slash guard. All right. Then with JK, what Draymond, Draymond's uh, label of JK last season of fence bender, that's, that's JK. So every team needs that fence bender. Now, of course, we've got Steph, which is, he can just blow the roof off of an arena but then again, you need another guy out there. And sometimes it's Wiggins, right? He had that dunk over Luca. Um, but JK, he's he's just uh, a, a superhero flying in for a rim rocker uh, and uh, just destroying that rim, you know? Um, so as a fence bender, man, no way can you train him. I know there's, there's some speculation out there of, uh, oh, Drew Holiday for, you know, JK and blah, blah, blah. First of all, we're not we're not getting Drew Holiday because because we have the CP3 contract. It's like contract wise, the Drew Holiday contract doesn't give us the flexibility, just in case you know happens, right? Um, but back to J.K. Uh, wow, it, you you want to keep a guy like that because um, as Steph starts to uh, you know ride off into the sunset, who's the guy that's going to blow the roof off? of the arena and that's jk oh absolutely so last you question they're, gonna, they're not gonna you don't think they're gonna do anything to cut their payroll from the 400 million no no i've i've never thought that because i mean one guy if you if you cut a guy who makes 20 million that probably saves them 60 or 70 million yeah that you know chase center is a cash cow you know if they, right. they throw a throw a concert in there on a tuesday night and you're you're covering you know well, I know they listen. They one of the things you have to admire and respect about the Warriors is that 
I don't know how many years, but Knicks held the number one spot and the Lakers the number two spot. Yeah. Value of NBA franchises, uh, they just catapulted completely over both of them. Joe Lacob knows what he's doing. As Listen, that. I've, I've, I've yeah. been one of the Laker fans who basically has been screaming for the front office to do a lot of the things that the Warriors front office and coaching staff do. I like the way the Warriors play. I like the way the front offices run things. So they have a great deal of respect for me. And I, I really do think that the Lakers, in, in their own way, are doing something to straighten out their identity and having a vision that makes some sense and, and that gets everybody on the same page. And yeah. that's something that uh, the Warriors have proven that you can have those huge taxes and everything else and still come out way ahead because of the value of your franchise. The Lakers sort of forgot why they were worth all those billions of dollars. And, yeah, you guys uh, the Warriors. Were, I think they got a wake up. They got a wake up call because the last nobody talks about Genie Bus's valuation versus, let's say, Joel Lacob's valuation of the team that he's taken charge of. There's a big difference there. So the Warriors need to be congratulated, and uh, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the big three stay together, and I'm hoping that they stay healthy. Be a good challenge for the Lakers to beat them again. But you wanted to interject something real quick. I know, I know that uh, you were you wanted to interject with something there, there, uh, Rich. Uh, yeah, we've always, you know, ever since the uh, Cohan era, we've always had that uh, sort of. It's it's not jealousy. It's just you know, I mean, like it's the little level of hatred that you guys are Hollywood, and you can you can always attract that superstar out to hollywood so um it's good to have this uh lake of represent silicon valley venture capitalism and have our own style of uh running a franchise and we're and we're stuck with the family business where yeah five or six cooks get into the office in the back and figure out what the hell they're gonna do yeah it's it's fun to just kind of see how these these two paradigms collide you know and then on the court and stuff and it's yeah, um, you know, it's, so, it's going to be a contrast of style because I think the Lakers are going to play very big. They they have increased yeah. their size dramatically. I was going to um, say you mentioned they want to play you're... big, and the Warriors Kerr wants to play small. I don't care who he's right. Got right. He wants, yeah. wants to play well, small. I, it's just a it's just a manifestation of of Steph and Clay too. So you well, have yeah. those two guys, and and they're not the most muscular. Why wouldn't you? If you had those two guys. If you had this, in but a you can play those game. two guys with any three guys. You can play those two with any yeah. three. And I mean, Clay and Bennett out of score without dribbling, you know? How can there you score you as a yeah, perimeter exactly. player without dribbling? I mean, that's yeah. incredible. The two guys that created you, their own games. And then you clash that with you guys, with LeBron and AD, and then I guess all these long guys, right? You just, you just named a few other. Are you guys the longest team in the in the NBA? Pretty close. I, th- I think uh, we had nine think, guys with a seven think, footer greater. I think right. maybe yeah. Mem- Memphis is a bit Memphis longer speed, than yeah. we we are. Uh, yeah. Rich, uh, Triple J, Stephen Adams, um, Zaire, Zaire um, Santiel. I think they're a, they might be the longest team, but yeah, there's a lot of length there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Rich, before we head in out, uh, appreciate you stopping by, man. Really, yeah, soon. that was fun, man. And uh, I'll just, uh, Gerald. Well, actually, I wanted to go ahead. And, yeah, I appreciate it, and we're going to make sure that at the very end, you go ahead and plug anything that you need to plug, my friend. But Rich, before <laughs> we head in out, I want to hear your prognostication on where 
where in the Western Conference, what slot do you see? Where do you see Golden State ending up? And where do you see the Lakers ending up in the Western Conference this season? Yeah, I, I don't I don't mean to I hope you don't hate me for this, but I, I just consciously don't want to be too dependent on predictions and stuff. I, uh-huh. I want to start embracing the unknown and how fun the unknown is. And we're I'm recording totally it by than the anybody way. else on that, right? Because <laughs> that's part of NBA media is to make the predictions. And now you got online gambling, which is legalized and all of that. So that makes sense. But uh, I've always been the contrarian. So of course, uh, let's let's just play ball and see what happens. And uh, but the bottom line is we both have great respect for each other's franchises. Um, and what's the other thing you were saying, Gerald? No, that's basically, you know, since you didn't want to go ahead and, uh, and, uh, state exactly where we could obviously respect. I that. literally don't even think about that. I just but, clear my mind. Yeah. No worries. But before we head on out, what you should have on your mind is all the different things that you're doing, all the great stuff that you're doing out there for let's go warriors. So please, before we head on out, please let us know exactly what you're up to and where people can follow you and all that good stuff as far as what you're doing out there for Let's Go Warriors and more. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, basically it's it's on YouTube. Let's Go Warriors. Go find us there. And then uh, we're, we're going to start doing uh, like more uh, daily coverage of, of news, uh, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, we're going to utilize our, our website, which is uh, Substack. So it's subscription based. And then uh, people who uh, are paid subscribers, like $5 a month on Substack, like it is uh, all across Substack, uh, you're going to get access to a Discord channel, which a private Discord channel, which uh, we we put everything that comes through the wire on that. Um, So every day there's so much Warriors information that comes down the pipeline, just like it is for the Lakers. And then, once you start following all the players on Instagram, you notice that there's even more. So all that all put together. And, um, but the main thing is the main thing, which is YouTube, just like you guys, let's go Warriors on YouTube. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. It is rich Tube. please go ahead and be a part of what he's doing today on YouTube, Substack, and everything relating to let's go warriors. And of course, Follow him today like we just did at Poor Man's Commish on Twitter. Rich, great to have you here. Laker Tom, awesome to have you here. Laker Nick, any last thoughts, man? Appreciate you wanted to go ahead and say anything before we head on out, my friend? No, no, Gerald, just uh, to thank Rich for his time. I know, um, you know, time is valuable and uh, your insights were precious to the audience. And so uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. You know, we could talk about this for days, right? That we can, that we can. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, Magic Man, since you set this up, I will give you the last words as as always, my friend. Uh, I just, uh, I'm I'm very uh, thankful and and for for Rich being gracious enough to to come on here. He's got a busy channel himself and uh, great insights as always, man. Thank you. And uh, we're doing... uh, uh, It's my uh, intention to try and do a lot of pregame talk for laker games so yeah. uh, if you're interested rich we'd love to have you on again and uh growing to become a friend of the channel hopefully yeah sounds good absolutely 
Absolutely. Looking forward to more great conversations with you during the course of the season, getting up to date on what's going on with the Golden State Warriors and making sure everybody out there in our audience knows that as well. So once again, it is Rich Too. Please follow him today at Let's Go Warriors right there on YouTube. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when he goes live on the air with the latest Let's Go Warriors. And while you're in the mood for subscribing, go ahead and give us a subscribe as well. It is greatly appreciated. Again, for Laker Tom, Magic Man, Laker Nick, and Rich Too, thank you so much to our awesome chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out there. To everybody on YouTube, we'll be back at 10 p.m. talking about the Lakers press conference that happened earlier today with Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham. And we're going to try and weed through all the coach and GM speak because, you know, a lot of hot air was distributed earlier this afternoon. We're going to try and go through it all to figure out what was real and what was not. Joe Soro will be with us as well. You know, he might have a rant or two in store then. But we'll also talk about the LeBron James minicamp last weekend at in San Diego. So we'll go ahead and talk about that as well. But for Magic Man, Laker Tom, Nick, and Rich, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Of course, thank you again to the best Lakers chat room. And of course, we'll see you next time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.